Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4, their fourth generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 bungee, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify. No regrets. Guaranteed. I'm in the house. And sector clear. But there is the window. Hate this patch. I'll take the fire through the pillar. Whatever. Play with Parry Match. Parry Match. Your esports teammate. Hello and welcome to HLTV Confirmed, where we talk all things professional CSGO. Uh, first and foremost, the show is sponsored by parrymatch.com, gamble responsibly, and uh, Extrify. If you're looking for some peripherals, maybe go check them out. You got mice, keyboards, mouse pads, all that good stuff over there. Thank you for those two for sponsoring the show. And on tonight's show, uh, we're guestless, which means we can take a bit more time. No hot seat. Uh, we, can, we can be a bit more conversational here this evening. So, uh, Tonight is episode number 36, season five, and uh, we're aiming to cover off the recent news. We've got the Valve ruling to do with the backbands. We've got more roster moves that have been going on, EG, etc. Uh, Blast Showdown, Fallout, Fun Spike Ulti, which kicked off today, and we'll be reflecting on the year of CSGO so far. Uh, and always, just for the audio-only listeners, you can find the podcast over at anchor.fm slash HLTV, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, a bunch of extra ones over there. So let's get this one underway. Today is the 19th of April, uh, 2021, and uh, as usual, we got the regular panel. I, uh, I'm, I guess, I'm the host. My name's Chad. I have a lot of repressed anger. Um, I said we didn't have a guest, but we do have a man named Lucas. Lucas, can you appear magically? Oh yes, I will come in and fill out this uh, extra spot you guys left for me. Yeah, so we're going to be coming to Lu- coming to Lucas throughout the show periodically oh, no. for. Uh, for some of the best analysis that you guys want around the Counter-Strike uh, landscape in this episode. So stay tuned for Lucas showing his head. So thank you, Lucas, for uh, for being here with us. Now, uh, I, I want to get this one straight underway. Striker, how do you feel about UFOs? I feel I've asked you this before. Uh, you, you, I think you asked me about aliens, yeah. Okay. I'm like, and I, I think I said something like, I'm open to the idea of there being an alien somewhere. Are you following the news? Um, I mean, kind of, not, not at this point, if there's something specific you had in mind. All right, well, uh, look, we got the evidence. Lucas, bring it up right now. Uh, if you're sports mode users, you're going to have to fucking turn this off. We've got big, uh, sorry, we've got dog underscore player uh, from Malta. Lucas, make sure you bring the thread up for everybody. He's had a thread that's called UFOs. What the fuck is going on? Now, uh, read the evidence here, Striker. So much is Can going on right now. As well yeah, man, I'm going to put it in TeamSpeak for you. Don't you worry about that. Now... So much is going on right now, and the Pentagon will release a report oh in the summer saying what they know about UFOs. We haven't had so much movement on the top since 1947. So I'm not sure if you're too familiar with Bob Lazar, striker him a little bit, but there's some good information that's being laid out here. What do you make of all these new crafts that are being spotted? 
I mean, I haven't actually gone through this, so I have no fucking clue what this is about. We might have but to say some homework for next week. Maybe, yeah. There, but like I said, like I'm not, I'm not saying that. Uh, I mean, I've always been open to the idea that there could be a, a, a an alien somewhere, or alien somewhere in the, how much the was, galaxy. So, how much huh? did X Files uh, influence your like openness to those ideas? That's the, I, that's the question. I did watch the X Files, but like that's such a long time ago that it's not like I had like an idea of aliens at the time or like an opinion on whether they exist or not. So, well, what about this? We are now aware of the five capabilities of these crafts. This is what uh, Dog Player says. I don't know if you you've caught up this part yet. He says in late March 2021 on Dutch news media, former director of secret Pentagon UFO program, the AATIP. Luis Elizondo explained the five known capabilities of UFOs. Instantaneous acceleration. Uh, what else we got? Hypersonic velocity, low observability, transmedium travel, and anti-gravity. So, boys, I, I don't mean, know. We're gonna look what into I'm going to say now, as, a, as a skeptic is that the, the low observability is kind of a, it's, what do you call it? It's pretty convenient, isn't it? Like, there's always, there's always they horrible want you pictures to think, of, man. exactly. There's always horrible pictures of like UFOs, you know. So it's that that seems to be like a weird coincidence. Speaking, this is perfect segue. Speaking of weird coincidences, Prof, who's more evil, the European Super League or ESL as we know it? I mean, it's the same acronym, so it's actually the same people behind it. Obviously, I mean, there is no other. How else could this function? Yeah, too many coincidences there, right? Uh, there was a. And it's almost the same thing. They literally copy. They, they someone was literally like, "Look at these esports guys. This is a great one. Let's copy this shit." And they copied Pro League, and they, like it's the same thing. So I'm, I'm like, I'm fascinated. Well, what what we did was in esports, we tested it with three different models, all in the same year. We did the ESL model with the Louvre Agreement. We did the Flashpoint model, and we did the Blast model, and we just ran them all at the same time. And we saw, oh, there wasn't that much pushback. So now football have decided to do the exact same thing. Uh, which I've seen a lot of ruckus about, and but I, I think don't. The biggest issue is is that we we don't have the World Cup in uh, in esports, right? In CS:GO, because that's right. going to be the the big thing in football. Like, is Messi going to play? Going to be able to play for Argentina and win a World Cup or whatever? So, if we bring back TWC, WESG, or, or WESG or ESWC, but I think TWC, the World Championship by EFRAG, that okay. was the real oh. that was the real deal. We need to bring that back. And with that, we'll just annihilate all of this exclusivity things. Yeah. They'll just make it like you can't, if you want to play TWC, you can't be in a like a semi exclusive league like ESL. And then everyone's going to leave essentially. I, I don't know what else they can do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, a lot of similarities here. We're going to have to keep our eyes on that. I don't know anything about football. Uh, so this is fun. But I forgot you're not from Europe. Actually. No. It, yeah. Look. I played it as a kid, wasn't very good at it. That's about it. But, boys, tonight we got a lot of things to talk about. We actually have a lot of recent news. So maybe we just jump in there. Lucas, roll that bumper. Let's get stuck into the recent news, shall we? All right. Well, first cab off the rank in the recent news here is going to be around EG. Always seems to be lots of news around EG. Um, and, and just, I, I guess, quickly, a lot of the topics that we skim over here tonight, guys, that maybe we breach into talking about like ex, uh, in, exclusivity or we're talking about maybe six-man rosters. We're going to save a lot of that, right, to, to really sink our teeth into with the playtime because I want to kind of rehash 
what's happened so far in 2021 and some of our hot takes for the rest of the year. Um, but anyway, let's take a look at this EG situation. Now, Lucas, let me throw the link. Just bring this up for everybody at home. So it's kind of like a multi-piece of news here, which is nice. You know, it's not super drawn out. Obviously, uh, we heard about this Mika situation. He's in. We weren't too sure what was going on. Uh, apparently, it's in place of Tarek, who uh, has written a twit longer and uh, basically has gone on in that twit longer to say that they, uh, where is it right here? Uh, by no means do I think I was playing well throughout the hardships, but I believe that even with our new lineup, underlying issues still existed. Ultimately, I had a different approach to our issues and the team didn't agree with my views. All right, let's break this up into two parts. Uh, Striker, let's start with you. Let's start with the part to do with the Tarek departure and that sentiment right there. Is this a case of uh, like the player just, you know, getting to to tell the narrative as he sees it? What what do you think is to go here with this, this uh, situation? Yeah, I mean, there's always two sides to that, right? Like one side is like, I didn't really agree with their views or we didn't really agree on each other's views. And the other side was like, well, these are worse players. Just kick him, get somebody, somebody better, right? So it's, God knows, this is like a lot of PR talk that doesn't really tell me too much. Uh, sure, there could be some, there could be some like different visions of the game and, and maybe like they had a differences on on uh, what areas they could improve in and stuff like that. Maybe he thought he was still, he still had, some sort of a some sort of value that he could bring to the table and the rest of the team probably didn't really agree with that right so that's kind of how i look at it okay so uh now we've lost Tarek. who have we got left from that major winning team is it just stewie now we've he's the only one left prof oh rush is still here i always i fuck i'm sorry rush. yeah rush automatic is still there. and uh schedule and Tarek now potentially moving to another video game title but do you think Tarek can just be the next shroud prof like do you think that he he still has that kind of fan base definitely can... like for, for me like i don't even know why shroud is so popular let's be honest like yeah he, he doesn't have any charisma almost at all like his whole, whole thing is that he shoots well in a video game he's amazing like, in video games. Com compare that to Tarek. Tarek is like a super funny guy and just like i see where the appeal is in that so i think Tarek can be like super successful if he if he just wants to be uh a streamer but i think he still has like the competitive drive and he isn't that old either 25 so, yeah he's like that super young at least for me in my book that's that's a young guy and someone else is maybe not so i think he has still maybe more to offer but it, it has to be like he has to be driven to do it right it depends on where he is mentally which i i have no idea yeah, realistically, like if we're going to look at this guy's career, he won the major as an in-game leader, right? We don't really think of Tarek as an in-game leader, but th that's what was going on when they won that major. Uh, being only 25 years of age, but the weakest or weak, one of the weaker players of EG, uh, you're not going to see him likely going to, to Liquid. Doesn't make sense. I think the only player you'd think about swapping him with would maybe be, I don't know, would you say Grim? Would you say Stewie? Either way, it doesn't matter. I don't think that's on the table. So this Tarek situation, I would say, comes down to does he want to try with like the members of Triumph or Bad News Bears? Or does he want to try and build a team in North America with the next up and coming wave of talent? Or does he want to go home and stream and do like kind of a multi, uh, a variety streamer thing of, of games like Get Right? Or does he want to go to Valorant and be another, you know, high tier North American Counter-Strike pro, go over there, make bank, probably, you know, he's... It, it, it's going to happen, right? You've got Hayes and Cutler and shit over there now. Well, it only makes sense that we get Tarek over there in the next wave. You know what I mean? So it would be pretty funny if all of those guys like JDM, Tarek, Cutler, who else was on that team? FNS was on that team. Hayes, yeah. And Hayes, Hayes, well. yeah, yeah, that's legit. There are four of them. Is JDM yeah. and Valorant? BTR. JDM, I don't know what he's doing. BTR was also in that team. I don't, but... remember, I don't remember if JDM was one of the people who actually switched. I don't, I'm not actually sure, but three of them are definitely in Valorant. So let's make it happen. Yeah. 
Well, uh, like I, I think that that seems a bit more likely than his other options, right? Because how many North American pros can you name right now or semi-pros like who you could build a team with him with? Like who stands out in your mind? Like Zeppa, right? But isn't he rumored to be going to Valorant as well? We've just seen floppies heading over that way meant to be going over to the Cloud9 team. So in terms of like if Tarek was going to start that adventure in North America, it would have to be something that's his grassroots, right? You'd, you'd, you'd have to start yeah. a whole project. So for him, he's probably got a lot of thinking to do, a lot of decisions to make. The easiest one I would say is going to Valorant just because of his name brand, uh, the value of player that he is, what he can bring there, and he can make a bucket load of cash. So if, if that's the direction he wants to go, yeah, like we've spoken about with Ethan, we get it. You know, it, it's whatever. It is what it is. It's a dire situation out there. If you get dropped from EG, which now we can pivot the conversation to their current roster, is starting to look more and more uh, international, right? So this Mihu edition, did we talk about it on last week's episode? Uh, yeah, um, we kind of There was a report, it, I think. Yeah. You asked me what my source is, and I failed oh, yeah. to use the, the joke, trust me, bro. Yep. That's the obvious joke, right? But uh, yeah, it came out true. Okay. Obviously. So with, with it being with it being the case here, now he is replacing Tarek, who uh, in the team had games where he would you know play well and then have games where he was towards the bottom of the scoreboard. But are we expecting just more of a consistent performance uh, out of the team now? Like, because... What what do we diagnose the problems as EG? Was firepower the problem? And this is for anybody. I, I'm not quite sure what I we saw as the degree. issues. Yeah? I think to a degree for sure. Um, just because you've always had those two guys who were kind of like, sure, they could have good games, but most of the games were just kind of like either average or just below average, right? Sure. And usually you don't you can't really be a top five team if you have two guys like that, usually, unless you're fucking Vitality and you have Zywo. Sure. Okay. So firepower about like Stanislaw and Theric, right? What? Like that. You're talking about Stan and Theric yeah, as like yeah, the, yeah. The, the weak weaklings. But also like even even Cirque wasn't in he's really not consistent, good form. is he? He, he right. like for the last six months he hasn't been he's been far from consistent. He has some good games, has some bad games. So that being said, I'd say like some consistency was needed, like consistent fragging power was needed for on the team. I think I mean uh, Stan's like initial reactions with with me who have been like super positive like it's not a, it didn't seem like the classic like oh it's a new player it seemed like he was really impressed by uh, what he brought uh so we'll see from that perspective from that side there is also like there is a fact that this team is actually now eligible for the international team bet I would say they have a Bulgarian they have a Polish guy and they have like three Americans so I think, I think that, the problem like, is the problem is the majority still speaks one one language, and I think that's the deal breaker in terms uh, of the roles that we put in place. Different nationalities. I think that was the thing. So I, I'd say the rules this, are so murky. We we'll I'll have to I'll make like a video once I'll <laughs> go over everything and explain it. Like it will last two hours. So uh, I think right. we'll, we'll need to like go over that. But I think it's kind of there, right? They're going through the to towards being an international team almost. Okay. Yeah, well, th that was the next question, right? Was there anything in the article about what they're going to do with Mihu? Are they going to bring him back over to North America when they go back for their stint? Will he just stay in Europe? Is there any point Cirque going back to North America now? Is he better off just being a, a European citizen again in, in, in Bulgaria? Like, what, what would you guys think is the outlook for this team? Because right now, these North American teams, they come over, they stay for like, I, I guess, a period of one to three months. At this point, being in Europe is almost where the work's done and going home is where they, they take their holidays. So, Strike, I'll throw this one to you. What what do you think could be the direction of this squad? Do you think they'll continue to go international from this point forward considering the state of North America? 
I mean, I guess it's possible for sure, um, just because of the state of CS at this point. But at the, at the same time, like Mihu was already in Envy, and I assume eventually the plan was to for, for that team to be based in North America as well, just because the organization, they they have a whole headquarters in there. In, what is it, Dallas? I think it's Dallas. Um, somewhere, somewhere but in which, Texas, I which think. Which uh, Envy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when he was when he was in Envy. I'm saying that the I think the the eventual plan would have been that they are a North American team. So I imagine that means that Miho is kind of open to the idea of staying in North America long term, right? So um, I mean, the thing is, like, there's nothing gonna that's going to be going on in North America for quite a long time. I think right now, so they don't even have to operate in a way where there they are like based. One important thing that's going to be happening pretty soon, though. Huh? The Armar events, right? That's true. Oh yeah, but that's what I'm—that's kind of what I'm getting to—is that, like, the you can still operate as a pretty much like a European team that just goes to North America every now and again, just basically either to go home for the guys that actually live there, or for the Armar events, or for whatever smaller that actually happens there that you want to take part in. So I think it doesn't really matter at this point, like what the direction of the team is. Like they're gonna stay in Europe most of the time anyway. Yeah, it, it just—it's a—it's a difficult one because now, like. With Liquid being taken up, like most of those spots seem pretty locked in Liquid, like Nafalige, Fallen. Like, I think if there were big moves, like if you could get Breeze, like you could make some moves there. But at the same time, my point is North America, it's going to be hard for the guys from Bad News Bears or Triumph or if Zephyr wanted to stay in CS. It feels like now there's less opportunities if EG go international, right? Then we just really have uh, even less big name orgs who are just representing North American Counter Strike. And, and even at that point, there's always been a couple of emissions. But we've been on this one for a while. Anyone else got anything to add with the EG stuff? We'll keep it moving. I mean, do we think it's going to be, they're going to be better, right? Do you think we, they can now challenge for a top 10 ish? I don't. Spot? I, don't really? I just don't think there's enough, like, well, a top 10 spot. I don't know. I wanted to do later, I want to do a bit more of like a power rankings where everybody's at because I want to get into a discussion about. You made a good tweet yesterday, Prof. I want to dive into that to do with the exclusivity and, and what that means oh, with the rankings. Morning, and yeah. Whatever, man. It all it feels like yesterday to me. I, I went to bed at 4 a.m. I was being a degenerate last night for the first time in a while. I've, I've lost track of time. Um, so I want to dive into that conversation a little bit later. But with EG, with that, like looking at the top 10 right now, and this is not updated just yet for, for today's, but we got Gambit, Astralis, Heroic, Navi, VP, Liquid, Fury, Vitality, Spirit, Complexity. That's the top 10 right now. I don't see EG being able to compete with those guys at their best. I don't I don't know. That's just me. I think like, like somewhere on the lower end for sure. Like top five, obviously at this point kind of is a, is probably gonna be I a think bit no difficult. No way top five. Top ten on yeah. the cusp, you know? Like yeah, yeah, I think the team that's what from, I was like yeah. Aiming. That's what I was aiming. Like look at they're now number fifteen. So above them is Mouseports G two, big, which I don't know what the fuck's going on there. Yeah, that's amazing. NIP, I guess they are better than complexity is also up and down. Maybe they can get into that area, right? But like FaZe are blown out to 17th. Like I know we haven't seen FaZe play in a while, but like, sure. you know, like FaZe, I think uh, at the moment underranked just because of the lack of activity and the roster changes. I think FPX, now that they actually have a fifth. OG uh, is also 19th, yeah. which I think is going to be like a pretty decent roster, right? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of movement right there, especially like in the top 20. I think there's a lot of movement when we get a few of these teams competing again and we, we start to see what's going on with some of the points because things are qualifiers and this and that and the other. Um, all right. Let's go forward. Let's jump into the next little topic here. This one's not a not a massive one that we need to talk about, but uh, Lucas, let me lobby the link again. Now we obviously know the fallout from Cloud Nine. Obviously, the disaster, the Titanic shipwreck that has been. You know, anything happening around uh, that that team? I would say in the last couple of years, right? I think they've almost been cursed by that major situation, and now 
Uh, we know that they were no longer operating in Counter-Strike. This is a tweet I just linked to Lucas Reverend to bring up at home for our audio-only li listeners. Uh, Alex has tweeted saying, officially a free agent. Thanks to everyone at Cloud9 and my teammates, all of whom would make a great addition to any team. Moving forward, I'll be assessing all of my options within CS and Valorant. Uh, you can contact me via DMs or via email. Um, Prop, this one here, what do you reckon is more likely just for gut feeling? Do you think you'll be able to find an international team considering how sparse organizations are at the moment? Or do you think Valorant is just probably going to be a little bit too enticing for Mr. Alex? I also think like uh, maybe the most worrying thing about it is his like, I think his stock in the market has tanked with this project. Uh, you think? With Pro I think it. I think it has. Okay. Uh, like for a, like a decent degree. So that that's gonna be an issue on top of all of these like international projects maybe having good in-game leaders and probably his price, like his salary. Like if if you look at let's just look at FPX, they pick up Emmy and you compare that to Alex. I think Emmy is gonna be like half the price, if not like quarter of the price for salary for that player. So if if you're taking that into account, that is also something to think about. So okay. And as we mentioned on the last show, like NBK is a potential in-game leader that you can pick up. MSL, if you want someone like that, is is there. So it's not like there are no options at all. Flusha has his team and stuff like that. There's no homes is probably yeah. the bigger issue, right? Yeah. So and also he played like the qualifier like in Valorant already. So I don't like that. That's uh that's kind of a sign of where things are going. Here. I think but, the fact that he didn't join up with FPX is a big tell here. Or at least like there was no, there were no reports of them even being in talks or anything like that. Like there literally has been zero connection between Alex and FPX this entire time. And they're 100% should have been, right? But let's, so, let's put it this way, right? Like within Alex's Counter-Strike career, he actually is probably like up there considering the amount of time we had him on our screens, right? Like I think people were considering Alex to be a good in-game leader for the limited amount of professional Counter-Strike he played. It's not like yeah. we saw him at the top for a very long time. Then this Cloud9 offer, we know that their figures were high, so we know he's going to be getting paid a lot of money. Now you have two options. Like this is the same with the Tarek situation. Let me throw this one to you, Striker. I give you two options. You're a, you've been, you're considered a high tier in-game leader in FPS games. One option is here, man. We'll give you a team. The team has potential, but you're going to have to work really fucking hard and grind this shit out. And your salary is probably going to be half or less than what you were just getting at Cloud9, where you know you was trying to you just tried to build that project up and it didn't work. Or we can go to Valorant. Yeah, your salary might be half, but the game is significantly easier. You are getting offers, like we heard from MSL, for a game that maybe you haven't even touched a lot. You know, you're probably not considered to be amazing at it. And you're going to get paid a lot of money. You get to go over there and learn and do something new and, and get to write a new story. Which one are you taking, Striker? I mean, I'm taking CS because I can't I okay. care for Valorant. But, uh, but you have yeah, I mean, those I shoes get... and you were not right. you. Right. I, I get what you, I get your point, but I think I'm not sure that Alex is in a maybe obviously I I can't know what he's thinking, but I'm not sure if, if Alex is in the same place as a lot of these other players who are kind of like looking for a change as well, just because okay. Alex like you were saying, like Alex hasn't been around for that long. Yeah. Like the first time we kind of heard of him more was like twenty eighteen, right? At the top top level ish where he was playing with LDLC before he joined Vitality. And so I feel like he's not at a point where he just like needs a, a new completely new start, right? He can still have a lot of value in CS. It's just like this one project that really failed, and we're not even sure if that's if actually um, in big part on uh, on his behalf, like his fault, right? Sure. 
Okay. Well, look, uh, we, I guess with the news overall, with this little situation of Alex now being a free agent, we would talk about homes, right? But we just said there are no homes, right? So does anybody, like, if we, if, that's why I'm leaning towards thinking this is probably more of a, of a Laurent situation, yeah. but either way. I think, uh, like, the FPX legit was the last, like, reasonable place for him. I mean, yeah, the thing is also like I hate this this shit now. It's like, oh, I have to have it right now or I'm leaving. It's like sit down and like wait three months. Uh, we'll have 15 roster changes in, in the next two months. That that's just how CS works, right? Sure. Mouseports now have a uh, have Dexter, but will yeah, just look at MSL, happen? right? Like he's waiting, he's waiting for his um for a better opportunity than what he's been getting. And I'm not like, sure that was okay. the right right sure. right in kids case though but i'm i'm just saying like uh, we lots can't, of moving uh, parts yeah there are lots lots of moving parts and we'll see how especially after the rmr if things go bad that's when you want to make or make a change right sure all right let's let's keep this one going we've already had two topics speaking about fucking valorant here to kick things off let's <laughs> let's move away from valorant and into uh is is this a chinese org was FPX Chinese or uh, Korean? Chinese. They would have been, if it was Korean, then they could have been talked about Valorant. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That segue is gone. But this one is another one here, which is going to blow my mind. Now, before we dive into it, Lucas, I want to send you two links. All right. I want to send you this link. Uh, let me send you this one. Now, we had a guy on the stream not that long ago on the podcast, and he was a member of FPX, and his name was Stika. Now, Lucas is going to bring this up. And when it's on your screen, I'm going to read you the headline of the little article that was written after he came on our podcast. It says, and this is from quoted from Stiko's mouth, by the looks of things, we're going back to Chris J if everything gets settled. Now, uh, the sentiment the entire time for that podcast, if you guys missed it, was that the team, being the players, wanted Chris J. They were happy with Chris J. The sunny thing at Pro League was just temporary until they could sort shit out with Chris J. Well, the headline today just reads, FPX announced Emmy signing. Now, uh, this one here is is quite the contrast uh, striker when you consider how things were looking, and yeah. now Emmy's back. So, what are we what are we taking away from this? That the deal couldn't get done is it as simple as that. I I would say that that's the case. Like, sure, there's there's stuff with uh, with Chris J's health, right? He's he's been out of action for a, for a while, but apart from that, I think there's no other reason other than that there the talks that didn't seem to go through in the first place probably didn't uh, in the end. Do you think this hurts the team, Prof, knowing that they wanted Chris J, but they, they have to settle with, with Emmy? Now they had good results with Emmy, but do you think there's gonna that's gonna make things a bit harder for the for the squad overall? What do you I think? I mean, obviously when it's not the first, not even the first pick, the per first pick would probably be like fucking glaive anyway. So sure. when you look at it that like that, it's you're always settling for something in some ways. So I think they they handle that kind of okay. I think the issues are that both Zen also made some comments in a Finnish podcast about Emmy not being maybe the best thing for, for them when they thought they were going to get Chris J. And also like Stiko saying that they want to get Chris J. And then this is going to be like publicly a big thing when these things behind the scenes happen all the time, right? Cool. Cloud9 didn't get a lot of players that they wanted to get. So we didn't go in saying, oh, now they have fucking yes attack instead of uh, JKS or whatever. And now they're going to be a shit team and they're going to hate this attack every, every time they play. But it is what it is. They have to settle for something. I think this is better than go being in this weird, uh, whatever. We don't have a fifth player uh, wobble for six months. They just need some consistency and start building something. And maybe 
maybe that something pops up on the market uh, a couple of months from now. Maybe they make a change. Maybe Emmy ends up being like super good because their results with him were pretty good. Like a bit of Stralis, right? They're the best results they had in the in the last like since they bench Crystal, right? Well, they won an event with Chris J. So I don't know if that's the best results they had. Is it? Well, how did uh, they go with but Emmy? it's it's a smaller event though, so I'd say okay. like prestige wise, they're all they almost made the grand finals in the, of that DreamHack Masters. Okay. They lost to Mile Sports in like a, I think it was Mile Sports in a very close game. Something okay, like all right. Uh, so just for me, I suppose the takeaway here is it's hard to get excited until we see them play because you know it's not the first choice. You know that what what the team wanted. You know, like those things definitely play in people's minds. But Seiko seems to be the professional, so maybe that's carried through with the rest of his teammates. Uh, we got anything else on FPX? So we keep it moving, boys. No, let's go. No. Alrighty. Uh, land sweet land. These guys do home sweet home. They did snow sweet snow. They're very creative with their naming. These guys over there at Relog Media. I mean, I literally terrible. I mean, this name. When when the article was announced was home sweet home masters okay. event. I'm glad they changed it. And then people literally in the in the comments were like, "How can it be home sweet home when it's on land?" Yeah. And then some guy was just like literally made a comment on HLTV saying like "land sweet land," and Relog re replied to that saying like "this is an amazing name," and they changed the name. And they <laughs> offered to like send them some stuff. I don't know what they compensation. They they sent them something so. Amazing. I just say like listening to the community 101. Okay. Right now, this is an important conversation topic, and this is going to play into the topics later. So we'll put a pin in this one, but we'll also talk about it now at the same time. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be a, a double-edged sword here. But uh, winners of uh, of the Real Media's monthly tournaments will earn invites to the $250,000 event to take place in Belgrade, Serbia in February. Now, Relog Media uh, have been doing a bunch of these. I just mentioned them, Home Sweet Home, Snow Sweet Snow. And these have actually become really important uh, parts of, of the Counter-Strike calendar now, Prof, would, would you say? Yeah, I mean, during this like online era, they have been where all of these like sub-top and top teams that are struggling or go out of an event early, they go there to like get some get some practice to for the lower teams to just evolve and grow through the rankings. So all of the best teams that are not playing like EPL, Blast, whatever, at the time they're playing these. And like overall, when you look at them, some some are pretty stacked. We mentioned the FPX one, Fnatic was playing, EG were playing, most of them, Cloud9 were playing. Most of them just like got destroyed by the wind strikes, by the gambits, by all of these teams that started being good in the last six or nine or 12 months, right? So, yeah. yeah uh, complexity played a shitload like earlier. Yeah, that's right. The they did. Yeah. Is this the one um, striker? Fuck, excuse me for being a bit ignorant on this because I don't always look at the format. But are these the ones where like the higher teams get like invited to like the starting and the quarterfinals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah exactly. So is it this is not something which I guess we do have things like this. Like we have like different events. We just had the showdown with different qualifiers of the players. But this one here for like an online thing, obviously European focused, is a great way to have that balance, right? You're getting teams who are working their way up through the through the bracket and you get the teams who are the high ones already waiting don't have to go through the arduous task of playing against the 69 bros in fucking the round of 128 teams right yeah so yeah. even to add on onto that like even not only for the top teams or the like top 30 top 40 the the event is like split into two parts one is the, like the regional part which starts with the gsl groups so four team groups let's say for balkans for like scandinavia or whatever and there you have teams that are like 150th in the world that are playing against teams from their region, which is kind of interesting to watch because I don't know, I want to see like a Serbian team playing against an Albanian team or a whatever, or a Bulgarian team. And you, you kind of see how those 
super small teams are doing. They get some HLTV exposure, and then the best of of those teams go into like a Swiss, and then from that they go into the main main tournament Swiss, and then into the playoffs. So at each point, you have like new teams coming in that are invited to to like a higher tier of the tournament, and essentially it gives really these teams that are kind of let's say kind of shit really they can get to the to the end of and play like gambit in theory they just sure. need to win their matches and it's not like they are like something's there against them it's a normal bracket you play like decent teams around your level and if you win you advance yeah, yeah. i kind of like that like the king of the hill type of feeling where like you know you start with like props and like this the, the really low teams and some of the better teams some of the no more no names coming and then like the big dogs like the four biggest teams that the team could have uh, that the tournament could have uh could have attracted just entering the quarterfinals I, I think the cool thing with this is we miss most of the bullshit that happens just before we get to the good teams right because a couple of like the tier three tier two names that we know get battling out for the positions to play against the bigger names yeah. and the bigger names come in and we go oh shit look at fucking x win strike right they're looking really fucking crisp right now up against this and i think that like the cool thing with this is the storyline like a lot of these events try and have qualifiers that go event into event into event this is like kind of just feels like one event so the timeline of things is feels like it's easier to follow and then they've all just fed this into this event in february so yeah just wanted to give a, a bit of props to these guys i think they filled a very important void um and yeah that land in february next year Serbia right now appears to be the hub for people coming to Europe to play Counter-Strike. So we're hopefully, by the time we get around to it, uh, everything sorted it out and we can have an event in, in Serbia. Everyone's um, already there, so it's not yeah. a big issue, right? Apparently, they don't give a fuck now. So everything should be, come, it should be good come February. All right. Uh, next one. This is uh, to do with the Valve updates. Uh, the rules to do with the, the backbands. Now, the, the, the TLDR of this is uh, VSM and Yampi two names that you guys might be familiar with can now compete in events of uh, the major circuit, the RMRs, the majors, etc. Um, however, we've already lost Yampi to Liquid in, in Valorant. Uh, for VSM, it opens up an interesting conversation. Um, I, I feel like this news has happened. It felt like a really good decision and, and maybe one that should have come for some time striker. Uh, but the amount of things that change because of it doesn't really feel like a lot. What, what kind of vibe do you have with this? Yeah, no, it doesn't change a whole lot. I think, in, in, at least in terms of like the bands that are applying to right now, just because a lot of the bands that like people have been kind of battling against are the match fixing bands, like like a you know a swag or whatever, who was just like on the edge of like was it actually okay for him, for for him to get banned permanently and stuff like that. Yeah. And obviously, these people are not affected in any way. This is just about vag bands, and those. Yeah, I mean, at the time when those rules were were in place, like the game wasn't even long enough. Like literally, we've gotten past the five year point four years ago, three years ago now. So um, it's relatively recent still. If if this rule could have been put in place a, a little bit earlier, and it would only affect like the very very early backbands, so it does, wouldn't have been that many people anyway. Just because like the game ramp, ramped up quite a uh, quite a long time after that. So in general, yeah, it doesn't seem like a big thing at the moment, but I think. For the future, this is a pretty big step. Okay, so why, like, why do you think for for it's it's a big step for the future though? Well, because this gives this gives a lot of the players who like we have no idea about, right? Like a lot of the players who are now could be like whatever, it's seventeen years old, but they got banned when they were twelve, like a stupid kid, right? Who just got banned in a matchmaking game because they because they cheated, they didn't know better at the time, right? This just gives those players actually like 
at the before they just thought okay well if somebody finds out i'm just fucked right i can't play anything but everybody who got banned like when they were a kid now can kind of like look back and uh and uh realize that it actually doesn't matter too much anymore well I i'm kind of hoping that we have a different the generation of kids who are now 10 11 12 13 14 whatever i don't know what age restrictions you guys have on counter-strike in your countries that's not even really the, the thing of the debate right now you can take that up with your fucking politicians but the thing is now esports is a career or a profession like uh being uh i was gonna say an olympian that would have been a terrible uh, an extremely bad reference point because the olympians get fuck all um like an elite level sports person right like, let's be honest, the amount of money that these Counter-Strike players are making, I uh, like the amount of money that I, a little birdie told me that is coming in for these fucking stickers as well for the orgs off of what Volvo are doing at the moment. Apparently, it's fucking mental. Like, I thought it would have been tapering down. Apparently, we're, we're, we're talking big boy money. Um, just because they're, they they haven't made any stickers for such a long time that it's just like one round of after a year and a half or whatever, and you just and get everybody buy you them. There is also more players than ever, right? We... That's true. Don't really think about that because we think about like the esports numbers and the viewer numbers. Uh, but the people, the number of people that see it in the game, the more people see it, the more are going to buy it. And that's mm -hmm. simple math and marketing how it works. So I, I guess that makes sense that the the these stickers have been the most successful ones ever, just because as Striker says, there haven't been any, and it's been going on for quite a long time. Right. Now. Yeah. 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 There, there was a, there was this tweet I saw just before that I'm scrolling through now. I have multiple points I want to make here. So maybe I'll just make one of them. Let's start with the first one. Then I'll find this tweet. But what you were talking about there, striker is with like kids, you know, cheating when they're younger. Um, and then, you know, going, Oh, okay. It's not a big deal. Like I can play now five years on. Like, I think that I'm hoping that now that people know, and from a young age, right, because kids are into video games, they're going to see the pro tournaments, they kids now, right? Like, the fucking three-year-olds know how to use an iPad to go to YouTube and watch their Blinky Bill fucking videos or whatever it is, right? Kids now are like into, integrated with technology crazy. So hopefully when they're brought into the video game world, that they're brought in with the idea that this is like an actual thing. You know, it's not just it was when we were 17, right? Or when we were 15 or we were, and video games was like super new and competing, there was no money in it. Like now people know that this is like legit business. This is still fun. Like people still play video games for fun, but it is a legit kind of business. So I'm hoping that the people who are on that smaller scale, it's like we don't see fucking 14 year old kids doing steroids, right? To be better at some form of sport. I'm hoping the same kind of thing with video games that kids are kind of, I don't know, the culture is is not so cheaty G. Like people are not scumbags as much and look for, for shortcuts, but that's kind of where I'm wrong, right? Because of course humanity does that. What am I talking about? Anyway. Um, I think like still it's five years, however you look at it, and it's five years unless they played um, any Valve. So is Kaylee still banned? Yes. Yep. If you played an open qualifier, yes. and this is also interesting, but an another point, if you played an open qualifier and got banned after that, got caught cheating, I guess, after that, I don't know how they apply that because your back band doesn't have to be aligned when you actually cheated. You could have cheated like... Yes. a year ago technically but those are details that are left to kind of be interpreted and maybe cleared out with valve on an individual basis uh but as long as you you play the tournament and got got caught cheating after that like play the major qualifying tournament that's an open qualifier major qualifier major and then got that after that you're permabent you're never going to be allowed that uh at a major event or a valve sponsor event and i think that's fair like that is they're essentially saying if you know that the pro scene exists 
and you know what you're like jeopardizing by this, yeah. fuck you, you're never gonna be allowed back. So that's I think fair. that's I mean, it's kind of a where do you draw the line? You can never be like super perfect, but I think that is kind of okay. Yeah, maybe you can say some kid with 12 year old kid can enroll in an open qualifier for the major, not even understanding what he did. I also think like how are they even gonna prove that he's playing that like where are you gonna find that that evidence that that's gonna let a twelve year old play anyway, you know? That's, that's, also that's what I was gonna say. Like the by playing Yeah. The byproduct of this is like I'm not actually sure what the rules are with like different tournament organizers, but a lot of the time it's like sixteen sixteen up and up, right? So for a lot of these qualifiers or tournaments that you have to be or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um so I don't think it is for the majors though. Yeah, I think I'm it's not for sure. ESL tournaments it's sixteen plus. Because something like based like on German, German law, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of other tournaments copy that. But I don't think it is for the for the majors, though. I guess it depends on the game rating in your country and all that shit as well, which is yeah. different everywhere. All right. So overall, the vac the, the Valve news is good. Uh, it shows that they're open to change. So if we're talking about positives, this is a positive one more so because it shows that Valve over time presented with new evidence or uh, are willing to make these kind of choices, right? Which is one that we have kind of been hammering on for a while. But the thing that people have been banging on about is mainly these iPod, iPod power bands, which are still there. So nothing changes in that regard. This is good for a small amount of people, potentially good for the future, um, but mainly good because we can see Valve's change or that Valve are open to change. All right. Uh, anyone else got anything on the Valve shit? Or we can save it for later. Uh, I'll just say that Tux and Textile also got unbanned. That's right. From the, the Chiefs Both legend. Both in Valorant. Both in Valorant now. Uh, I talked to Tux. He said it would be amazing if this happened a year ago, but it didn't. So now he's in Valorant. It's I don't probably know. better from Oz at the moment anyway. I don't I don't even know what... I don't know if it's better. I think in, it's kind of fucked the Valorants over there, but whatever. Textile is one of the, like, the super hot talents. He was, at least, in CS in Australia. So that was unfortunate that he didn't get unbanned earlier. And he's someone that literally got banned when he was 12. That's the, like the classic example. Uh, unlucky, I guess. Yeah. Look, it's uh, <laughs> timing, right? Life's that's all about the timing. Uh, all right. Let's move into the RMR stuff. Now, has anything kicked off? Has, have the qualifiers started yet? Because this is one of the things that's so hard to keep up with, you know, how many different stages there are to these qualifiers. The Flashpoint Flash stuff has kicked off. Flashpoints, the first two open qualifiers have already started, yeah. Okay. Um, it was, I'm trying to remember, Trick, Movistar, Lil Mix, Sungol. Yeah, not really. Okay. Like the just below the top 40, you know, type stuff. All right. Uh, Extremum, I hear uh, someone in chat said that they lost to some, like a Russian mix. Which... Yeah, we have to find that on it. Uh, where would we find that? Uh, Face It is where the. So are they playing? So they're, you're playing the European one? I thought they were doing the CIS. Uh, no, 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 this is the IEM qualifier. Oh, IEM okay, okay. I was like, today. I, yeah. All right. Oh, sorry, I'm for, sorry for that. Yeah, I don't think yeah, they, sorry. I don't think they played in the. Yeah, actually, actually they have points as well, so it's like they probably yeah, be they, invited later. They should go to NA to play. Uh, right. The qualifier. Oh, that's right. I was thinking yeah. CIS because of the blast thing. <laughs> Fucking hell. No. It's an Australian yeah, yeah. team who are playing yeah, the they blast CIS. I'm pretty CIS sure they can't play the the American, CIS, but... the American at this point, who would want to, man? Like, who would want to play <laughs> in the CIS region right now? Fuck. Yeah. Think about how absurd that is. Yeah, they lost to X Men Strike, right? Or who they lose? They lost. To? The, I think it was. And yeah. yeah, and Spirit won the qualifier, uh, the CIS Blast qualifier. That's how they got to the show. Right. Yes. Okay. And the right. uh, Versus Pro skipped all of that shit. They said not playing a qualifier for a qualifier for an event, and uh, fuck that. Okay. So, and then they lost to the Force today, two zero. So yeah. 
I don't know if that <laughs> that's in the fun spark ulti, right? Yes. All right, we're gonna get to that later. All right, there's probably not too much to touch on with the RMR stuff, is there? Uh, I think we can just say like who the, who the teams are that have qualified so far. There's a news you made the news yesterday, right? Where is aha tricked? So for the closed qualifier for the Flashpoint three open for Flashpoint three, we have Sangal Majors team, the Turkish Turkish side, Movie Star Riders, Tricked, uh, Lil Mix Swedish team, and four more teams are gonna come. With the open qualifiers in Europe, uh, but the saw... invited teams, right? Who are they likely to be? What what team are we talking about? The best in Europe? What is this? Well, essentially, like, well, we already have like a bunch of invited teams for the actual Ramar event, which is uh, which is whoever got some sort of a, so the points for a child for being like a legend challenger. Contender. Okay, so so that's already like a lot of, of the big teams in in Europe. Um, it was like Astra Astra's heroic vitality complexity. No, right. Uh, they didn't. Let me get to that. Yeah, Hold complexity on. should probably be invited to the close squad. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they didn't complexity have, are probably the best teams. And then who else is there? Phase didn't get over. Or are they? Do, do they have stickers? I don't remember right now. I think Phase have stickers, don't they? Yeah, they should have. Uh, like, yeah, I don't remember which the, teams are which. At the open qualifiers so far, like I think like Flush's team is one of the big ones. Copenhagen Flames are trying to qualify. Movie Star, I said they qualified. Skate didn't get in. Skate are now in the top thirty. So these kind of teams are are looking to to earn a spot there. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I guess we'll keep our finger on the pulse of that. See who ends up there. Because this is the thing. I think the majors are obviously great. We all love the majors. But every time this major stuff gets announced, and it's not the TO's fault, right? But it always feels like shit gets announced, and then these qualifiers happen, and then at the start of the year when the calendar looked pretty good. It all just goes to fucking shit. Mm. Like the amount of qualifiers that are happening right now is absurd. Like even just with our conversation, we were confusing IEM summer qualifiers with the RMR and this and that. And it, I saw some tweets from Asilian saying it's super hard to to be able to you know schedule everything because you're committing certain tournaments, and then if you have to pull out last minute, then you know they're not going to want you back and all that kind of shit. And I get, I get that's a like that's a problem we had at the tier one stuff. It kind of feels like that's been worked out, and now it's just trickled down the line. It's just there's just not enough days. There's too much choice. There's so many events. I think that's what it is. No choice. Do you want? Yeah, to... I mean, th this is also. I guess it comes back to Valve and announcing all of these RMRs so late, uh, and the, and because of that, we got Flashpoint announcing their qu open qualifiers four days ahead of their starts, and this is an open qualifier for the essentially major which shouldn't happen like that should have a bit more time for people to know when these are going on they maybe some teams want to go and boot camp for these for these open qualifiers like this is how important it is right yeah so i agree that is that is disappointing that is pretty disappointing uh, and it seems me. like like a part of it is on valve just because uh like some of these tournaments are actually and uh, starting late enough that it doesn't matter because like a lot of these things got announced at the same time like the summit stuff also got announced just before that i think but their open qualifiers don't end don't start which is the north american armor and there are not that many events in, in north america yeah, overall yeah. so it's easier to schedule right yeah mm -hmm. they literally have their open qualifiers in like two weeks or something from now and they were already announced like a week or two ago or something yeah all right well i guess we take a look and see where this one ends up uh what is this, Lucas? Tricked is double booked next week due to Flashpoint close qualifier. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, no, that's what we're talking about, right? Like, there's so much. That's the thing. At some point, it just has to be choice. Like, you're going to have to turn some stuff down. 
And this is the thing in life, you know, it's better to have uh, too much choice than, than not enough, but it does suck when you have to make some compromises, especially when you want to do everything. But we learn we can't do everything in life, everybody. That's just one of the lessons we learn along the way. Yeah, I mean, right. it's just like impossible to schedule these things just so nothing collides. Like there's too much stuff to to make room for everybody. So it's like at some point you're going to have to make uh, make concessions. Yeah, right. And and like the, the events don't know, like can't control what events, you know, you're already signed up to. Or like, you know, only so many minutes in a day, you know, only so many days in a week. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing to pull off. Um, all right, let's just tidy up the recent news and we'll go to a quick ad break and then we'll be back to talk about the Blast Showdown. Uh, okay, so for the next EPL season... Season 14, we've already got uh, two teams qualified. Now, I think that the way the EPL season works, right, isn't it like the 12 Louvre Agreement teams and then just 12 other teams? So, like, two of them are made up from uh, these Pro League seasons and then there's a bunch that, like, invited and there's some that are through the National Championships or is that the fucking Katowice's and Colognes? Anyway, we're going to have a, two of them already found. Uh, X Windstrike, obviously that's Hooch's boys over there with Elian, Lackey, Nickelback, my favorite, Crad and uh, Forrester. They qualified over Saw, and it was a uh, best of five final, I suppose, right? But uh, Saw already have a one map advantage, so they started one nil up in the best of five, and they lost one uh, three to one. So didn't win a single map. Actually, got fucking destroyed, absolutely bodied. And uh, then in the North American side of things, we had the bad news bears, which you guys might not be too familiar with. Have John G, who was of Chaos fame, PTR. We were talking about his old mob before with Hayes Cutler, fucking those guys going back many years ago. Swisher, Alter, Spongy, that's a name that's been kicking around. Uh beat Triumph three to two. Triumph with the ones with the with the map advantage. Uh Cooper, Sheikzula, Cynic, B Wills, and uh Viz. So we got bad news bears and we got X Winstrike, two teams that an org will be in the next Pro League season. Any anything really to take away from this, boys? I don't know if there's there's a huge amount to dig our teeth into. I guess nothing. No, okay, okay. Yeah, just like two teams that are pretty affordable for organizations with a spot in a league that lasts a month, but you essentially get like one week of top tier exposure at minimum, right? Sure. Uh with, with the format that they have now. Um so that's that's the main thing. Uh also I'd say does being without an org uh, push these players like that extra mile? Uh, probably, because both of them winning in respective regions, coming back from like uh, from the lower bracket, I I think there is something to it. So props to them. I, I just that that the main takeaway for me. Do you think this will help them get picked up for an org with an EPL spot striker? I mean, it's it's not as lucrative as it used to be, just because an EPL spot made, meant a little bit more before this whole change, but to this to, to this global thing. So, um, I mean, I'm sure it helps to a degree, just because like that's guaranteed exposure at one of the biggest, like at a pretty long event, you know, like a month month long event or so. That's like potentially going to happen online, whatever. Um, so, I think it's yeah, it should definitely be a um, something that will help them. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take that ad break and uh, let's get talking about Blast Showdown, shall we? Lucas, hit it. The Extrify M42 RGB. What a fun mouse with five colorways, lightweight frame and just 59 grams with a swappable backplate to suit your grip style, the sensor, the easy core, the smooth skates and driverless control for RGB and DPI is why you should check out the M42 RGB down below. I'm in the house and sector clear. But there is the window. Hate this badge. I'll take the fire through the pillar. Whatever. Play with Parimatch. Parimatch. Your esports teammate. 
All right, we are back from the break. Thank you for sticking with us. And once again, thank you to our sponsors for making this all possible. Now we're going to talk about the Blast Showdown. Uh, big event that uh, just went on down. And I saw a, a tweet from Peter replying to somebody who was talking about whether I think it was Fun Spark Ulti was going to have an MVP. And somebody asked about uh, Blast Showdown and said, would it have been a, a big event with an MVP if, if it wasn't a qualifier? And he said, yeah, because obviously all the big names there. Uh, so that kind of, you know, shows you the the grandeur of the event. We had some heavy hitters there, right? Astralis, Vitality, you had a, had a rubbish performance. Obviously, Gambit, Heroic, uh, two best teams in the world. They were in the the second, uh, up, well, second final. It was a single single elimination bracket, wasn't it? Um, so they've qualified themselves a slot uh, in the, what are we, spring? Is this the spring finals? Yeah. That okay. Yeah. They're in the spring finals, Gambit secured a slot over Heroic and G2 got one over uh, Spirit. But let's focus on the Gambit heroic uh, situation, Prof, because you made it. You made a tweet. We're gonna we're gonna dive into this tweet in a couple let's of uh, different different portions. So let me just bring this one up, Lucas. Bring this one up for everybody at home. This is one of those tweets you make it, and you know it's gonna bang. Like you know, people are gonna like it. It just hits those like emotional spots for people. Like fucking closed circuit, fucking invites. I don't want. I want like everything cl clean pure in my sport and especially with all of this football news going on at the yeah. same time i think people really um were really pissed overall well uh, let, let's dig into the first like let me read this for everybody and then we'll dig into the first part and then we'll get into the second part later but prof tweeted today saying the two best csgo teams in 2021 so far are gambit and heroic uh currently neither of them has partnered with blast ESO or flashpoint they have no secure swaps at events great advertisements for the open circuit or what is left of it now the first part the two best CSGO teams in 2021 are Gambit and Heroic. Do you think there's many people who could argue with that, Prof? I don't see really, like, who could you, maybe you can say Virtus Pro in some ways, but I don't think you can say, like, Astralis has been, or Vitality, or Navi. Like, yeah, Navi won one event, but after that, they have been, like, all, all, three, all big three teams have been pretty inconsistent. So I don't know. I'd say these two have shown the the most this year okay would you would you say there's anybody else strike or do you agree with that no i mean we've had there's a lot of recency bias around this, this roster, is like right? very this is very recent obviously but at the same time like these two these two consecutive results that uh um with pro league and this now and even back to Karavitz, obviously when we look at gambit like that's about as much consistency as we got all year long i think from a team, I think Gambit is absolutely undisputed. Like, uh, there's, there's, I don't think there's a discussion there. Um, as to heroic, obviously, this is just a couple of events, so it's kind of, it's still quite early to tell with them. But yeah, I, I kind of, I think they're at least in the discussion. Okay, so like we're talking about a rivalry being established here, Prof. Is that just because of the the back-to-back -back events in the space of the the two weeks, or do you just think right now, hot to trot, two best teams that we're looking at here, and, and hopefully we get to see more? Is it because of the type of matches? Are you just I unequivocally it, the best two teams? I think, I mean, when you look at Heroic, maybe, as Stryker said, maybe they can be disputed to some degree because they only had two events now, right? But they had, they went on a winning streak of 12 maps. I think it's three now. That was the, was it the DreamHack qualifier? So it's not really an event. Yeah, they yeah. played that and then all of this, but. The fashion that they did that, uh, playing against some good teams, maybe not against the best teams. I think that's the biggest fault. Maybe you can put on Heroic's Heroic's path that they didn't play, oh, Vitality or whatever. But Vitality is trash now, so who cares, <laughs> right? It it just doesn't it doesn't really matter. Like they probably played teams that are stronger than than right. these on paper strong teams. 
uh, Gambit is a step in front of them overall. They beat the Astralises, they beat all of them. So maybe when you look at all of the results together, maybe Navi had that early win and a couple of decent results. So maybe maybe they are the second best. But I think, yeah, Heroics is streak on Inferno, on, on in series in general. Uh, that that puts them as like a super strong contender, and then Gambit is the only team that has stopped them so far, uh, and that makes that makes that and Gambit as we talked about them a lot. They just have a good run overall this year. And it was an exciting game yesterday again as well, right? Like yeah. uh, went went all through maps. Obviously, was a, both series yesterday delivered. They were very entertaining. Um, I, I think off of that, uh, they've secured the slots. Now, hold up, we're going to talk about that. Oh, yeah, uh, so we, I guess we can quickly just surmise this because now they have all their teams locked. It's Navi, Big, Complexity, EG, NIP, FaZe, G2, and Gambit. Those are the teams who will be attending those spring That's finals. A very weird team list, by the way. Yeah, but this is kind of the point, and this is kind of, like, I guess the purpose of tonight's show is because I think the rankings right now, we're, and also it's not even just the rankings, it's like the excitement curve, not the excitement curves, maybe priority curves for teams right now. None of them are in sync everybody's in like either you have teams in a rebuilding phase, you have teams in like an establishing phase, you have teams in like a just surviving phase. So it's really hard right now And with Counter-Strike. It's super competitive, I would say. Um, and I think that like, you know, all this extra time that we keep talking about that people have had at home without traveling just to grind, it, it's really being shown in the quality of the game and the competitiveness of these teams. Because we hear, yeah, like all the tier twos, the tier threes, there's so many good teams out there. It's hard to get these wins. It feels like it's almost hard to get these wins everywhere striker right like what what are you looking at when you consider the whole counter-strike landscape at the moment and just how close-knit it is when one week a team who looked average is, is beating some big names or you know putting up some good results yeah i mean i'm not still not completely sold on <clears throat> like the general level of cs rising okay uh, i think it's still like obviously we are at this point just because the CS has just not been as stable. At least people have not been as consistent as the as they used to be. Uh, God knows whether this is because we are online or whether it's just you know people have gotten like the priorities have got, have changed a bit. Not necessarily because we are playing in a different environment, but it's just like they they don't put as much time into the game or whatever like that. Within when it comes to the bigger teams, so I think that's the biggest factor why we why you probably feel this way that the, like things are super competitive just because we don't have a we haven't really had like the most dominant side in the last year and a half, essentially. Like we've had kind of periods where Astralis were really good and Vitality were really good. Navi had their moments, you know. Uh, and now we're kind of like in the next year where neither of those three or none of those three teams are actually at the top and it's Gambit now stepping up and stuff like that. So it's just very periodical and nobody is able to keep their spot at the top for very long. So uh, I think that's probably contributing to it, to it a lot. Okay. Uh, let's run through some of the other names here, Lucas. I linked you the overview of the Blast Spring Showdown page, so if you can bring that up, we can have a quick look. Um, so I guess let's let's the ones here that jump off the page. The Vitality Nine Z result jumps off the page, Prof. But I, I feel we can sweep that one under the rug, uh, yeah. knowing that that uh, Kyojin's on the way in and RPK's on the way out. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Uh, I think that doesn't uh, excuse them for losing this game. I'd say not even uh, try doing a 1.57 rating, not in the way that they lost it. Zaiwu having a 0.83 rating, like the lowest in the team. These are still things that are con concerning. And we, we can't really say like, oh, they're having a new player and everything's fine. Let's just like close our eyes and pretend this didn't happen because it's worrying, especially because like Apex after the game was 
it wasn't like it was whatever to him. He wanted to have a good showing with RPK, the last event with RPK. Uh, so it obviously meant something. Uh, they didn't go in not expecting to do well, but they didn't practice. And you you try to underestimate teams here uh, in CS nowadays. You get spanked. That's just what happens. Well, this was uh, the the team that did it nine Z. Obviously, they had a stand-in of Eastall. Uh, yeah. who I think, you know, has been in the, the, the movie star writers before. Um, so this wasn't even a full roster that they, they lost to. And it's one of these exotic teams that we're never really expecting a whole lot out of. So it stands exotic out for that. Exotic teams, just because teams. they're from Latin America. No, but uh, Renegades <laughs> are an exotic team. Ty Lu are an exotic team. They're, they're, they're not teams that we're seeing compete in no. the main states, right? They were the okay. wild cards. They're a bit more funky. Right, because they're coming in, they're throwing a spanner in the works. You know, I'm not saying that because they work at a fucking strip club dancing around a pole, and we call it exotic <laughs> dancing. Right, they're exotic because you know we're we're just not familiar with them. Now it's like when you have um, it's like when you have a dragon fruit prof. How often are you having a dragon fruit in your day to day? Uh, uh, never. Literally only in like exotic country hotels. Exactly. Like when you go to Brazil or Mexico, and then there's some dragon fruit. Like what the fuck is this? And there you go. Uh, and that's what 9Z, NASA, that's what these boys are. They're the dragon fruits of Counter-Strike. That being said, like fruit in Brazil, I remember being like in Sao Paulo for it's one very of the fresh. It's like, it's like next, it's like on steroids. It's amazing. So that's just like an observation. Brazil sure. fruit, good. All right, I'm going to throw you a bunch of names here, Striker. If none of them excite you, you don't have to say anything at all. But if any of them excite you from what you saw at Blast, I want to know why. For either way, because they were either worse than you expected, they did better than you expected, or maybe some other fun fact. Saw. NASA. Extra salt. Endpoint. I mean, I okay, let's stop at endpoint. I think okay. I wanted to I was waiting for the dig to toss one man, but just because it's like the biggest topic no, that's and it's like end. something that yeah, exactly. I was I was hoping you would start with the good ones just so I don't have to skip over like six names and just get to the one I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, but I think at point where considering that they literally just lost their like their best player and uh, and had to kind of make do with Thomas, who obviously had already played with them before, and it's not like it's an entirely new player. He's still going to be pretty well acquainted with everybody on the team, so it's not like a massive change or anything. But obviously, like it's something that that will probably diminish your your performance. And considering that, they definitely did well against uh, against G2. They had a really good shot on the first map, and even the second, I think. Um, I'm trying to remember what how that went, but I think there was like a pretty big comeback that happened there. 16-14, um, 16-11 on Dust2. Yeah, it's just a pretty solid showing um, for like a last place finish for, for Endpoint, I think. Okay. Um, there's nothing else there really leaping off the page. Let's talk about the Astralis situation. Um, now... Obviously, losing to OG, uh, who were given the 16th seed because they made a roster change, uh, I, I think maybe felt like it was more of a punishment for Astralis than, than it was for OG going up against a, a team who was on the cusp of being a top five team. I think the highest they made it was top six. Uh, they just added two new pieces, which feel fantastic, almost yeah. like they were custom built for these slots. Um, so it's a firepower upgrade. Uh, and we're playing together in a boot camp environment, which is only going to inspire good moods for an Astralis who just all went back to their homes, I think, right? So you look at this one here, Prof, is this more of the just decline of Astralis? Is this 
them surviving like we've we've had used as a term on this show before what what do you think is going on with it with this team right now and do you think there's a way out of it without changes um going into this uh into this match especially i i wasn't really thinking of astralis as a massive favorite uh what we talked about on the last show they're showing at pro league their last two games against gambit and furia which were awful um that were that was worrying enough for me to go into the og game and say like this is up 50 50 easily and so losing that game especially when i saw that like talking to device who said that they almost didn't practice that they don't really uh take this as like a, a big event not not he said something along the lo- those lines that they didn't really have big expectations from the tournament and then boobski coming in for the for the first game it, it all it was all so weird it was it was it wasn't weird it was maybe expected uh but yeah i think with all of that the result was expected and it implies that something really needs to change in the team or is going to change and that is why everything sucks okay one of those things i think for for me th- those are the two options that are happening right now in uh, in Australis. okay so let's let's dig into the bubsky one here striker when you saw that happen were you like oh well zips out see you later mate like were you surprised to see him back in the next map what did that signal to you yeah i mean i definitely expected him to just play out the rest of the event that's kind of like what i expected from what they were talking about earlier in the year when when this six man thing like everybody started stepping out of that train and um and astralis were obviously one of those teams say that something will change you know uh, we're like he can play more math than just nuke you know so i thought that was just going to lead to bobski just standing in front of the entire event so that they give him a like a reasonable shot you know uh, and see what he can do if he's putting on all maps but then the, he only plays one map they should the bad that he's just out for the next uh, next map and i'm not sure if that's I'm not sure if that was the plan or if it was just reactive, hmm. but either way, I think it points to how Astralis seem to be lost about what they need to do to to get out of this situation. I just think they're not even sure themselves what they should do. Well, if if we just have a look at like, remember Nicole and I have made that tweet after they had the loss not long ago about uh, was it like Free Bubsky or something like that, right? Um, and when you consider that, and then Bubsky comes in for the next game, it's like. It's I don't know. You can obviously read into those things. It could just be a bit of banter. I don't I don't fucking know. But it just for me seems like the camp over there has been in a weird spot ever since Glaive and Zipex went on the break, right? And uh, it, it just sticks with me. I think I said this last week, but it just sticks with me that when Esatag was sold to Cloud9 after they did good in that DreamHack fall event, I think it was. I just remember them playing well there. Um, and I just remember when Zonic came out and it was like, well, it's not it's not up to us, right? The orgs decided that we want to sell him. Like, I feel yeah. that the remnants of that happening, like with a team, because it's only five guys, right? Like, or six, if we include the coach, like by taking parts out reluctantly, it's not like you're doing it from a team of 15 people. And it's like, okay, yeah, we'll miss Timmy. You know, he used to bring the fucking oranges. He was good at keeping the spirit up and he was a pretty good player. But like... It, losing one of five or one of six, and especially if he did something for the mood or, or so, like that's a pretty big thing to lose there. So I, I don't know. I, I mentioned the S attack thing next week. I think it's going to happen. Um, I guess the only issue there is the contract stuff with with Cloud Nine. I don't know what any of that looks like. We just know that they got spend an awful lot of money. Um, but we also saw this, Alex. Alex. Yeah. yeah. 
the Saudi yeah. departure makes things a bit different because I would never have expected for him to get out of his contract so fucking early. That's I, insane. I think I said last week though, I was like, if I was if I was Cloud Nine and you knew you weren't gonna have a Counter Strike team and you knew the Counter Strike landscape right now, if I don't know the deals, but assume that they still had to pay some form of salary to these guys, it's probably better just to let them go, even with the buyout. Like that money, yeah. you've lost it anyway. I guess you're not gonna recoup it on Counter Strike thing. anytime soon, right? Yeah. I think it's just it's probably just that type of a thing. Just cut your losses and then part ways. Yeah, probably, stop yeah. paying them. Stop paying them all that cash every month just to sit there. Let them go. See if they want if they can get bored out. Like it's stomach. It's the very loss early and... though. Like it's not like they were just like what? Yeah, but dude, how, who's, how long is who's this, buying like, an attack? Like if yeah. it's not and Astralis, they don't strike me as the they strike me as they're in the the business of making money. They don't strike me as they're in the business of wasting money. Right. Yeah. So like if they they know the value of Esatag, they know that they got a fucking crazy deal on him. Right. And even to bringing him back in this era, like if it was the magic piece and it meant that they could go in and win every land and we had the big stadium events, and it, then sure. But it's the online. We still don't know when this is going to slow down. So just I reckon Australia's by like waiting, if that's what they're doing, it's probably the right call. We'll see how that one all filters out. Um I did see the Insta story of uh, Esetag. Here we go. Play, on the bike. Uh, on the bikes. Yeah, on the bike. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Like, you, literally, they're biking together. So I, I just thought of you, Sponge, instantly. What and, are you doing like, a bike ride? Yeah. You're talking and, about strategies. Obviously. Of you saw you do. Red Devices interview. He said, like, Dupree, Esetag, Magic Chemistry, something's there. So we'll okay. see. Like, on, on paper, just like replacing Zipnix with Estac, I don't see why why you wouldn't do it if you could. Like, I think he's there, a more active support player. Yeah. Is there anyone here that thinks that that wouldn't be at this moment a good idea? I think it's a great move. I think it's a good good thing to try for sure. Yeah. Lucas. Lucas says no. Okay. He doesn't he doesn't want to speak. He is so is. Okay, he's our Danish expert. We thought we'd get a bit more out of him. We'll keep it here just for this topic. I mean, I mean, what do you want me to say? Look, man, are, you know what are you you're, a fan of you're reading the server logs. What's going on? I don't have anything with those guys. All right. Well, I guess we 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 got nothing with Lucas. Maybe if we got nothing. With this you need a server, though. <laughs> you don't no contact. Contact yeah. our man. He doesn't leak anything, as you nope. just saw. So. <laughs> Amazing. All right. We've done a bit of promotion for Lucas's side business. Uh, G2. Okay, this Nico orping experiment. If I get another snide fucking tweet, what about Nico's orping? Who the fuck really cares? They made up a they, they said he was gonna be orping. It's pretty clear that was a dumb decision. Sometimes he's orping, sometimes he has a Krieg, sometimes Amanek has an orp, sometimes Hunter has a Mac 10. Who knows what's going on? But all we know is G2 qualified somehow, some way. They made it. it and it was actually a really good game against Spirit. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was fucking hype on Nuke, the overtime game. Dusty was close as well. It was it was a good series to watch overall. But uh, this is a quick one to throw you away, Strike. Get ready to catch. And I want something decisive. Okay. But are you sold on this G2 roster? Or does it look as flimsy as fucking God knows what? I think... They're just not entirely sure like where this op experiment experiment is going. I'm not sure. I'm still not sure what to think of it, just because obviously like it seems to change for map for not not even not even by map. It just seems to change by I don't know like mood that Nico's in. Like, am I gonna op today? Am I not gonna op today? Do I like opping on this map? Do I like? Do I want to get the op right now? It just seems like they're not. There's no sort of system to it, and they just really are going kind of off feel. Mm. And maybe like maybe they just 
base their play styles around like whatever opponents they're choosing and um maybe that's like dependent on it as well but in general it's just like Amonic was opting more than Nico this this tournament, right? So there's just some we can check it large all the time. I, I'm just I just open it now. So okay. uh, Amonic's op percentage forty one point eight percent, which is normal for a main opper, maybe okay. like on the yeah. lower side. Yeah, but that's a main opper number. Nico, do you hazard the guess? I already saw it. So bunch percent, ten percent. Fuck, that dropped off a lot since so the that's last literally, time. I, I, I have a feeling that in his phase days, he'd have more no. percent op kills yeah, than this. And uh, from like what I understood, I think they have an idea how they want to do it. And it's just like now it's Amanek CT side, Nico T side opping. And that being said, you don't really use the op on the T side that much. Well, no, it's essentially... It has the AK like it did in Window in that Mirage clip. Fucking hell, did you see that? Uh, that one tap was oh, pretty yeah, yeah, the one taps. Spicy shit. I think uh, it's just like super backwards to what it should be, though. Like, if, yeah. you, if, if you have Nico on the AK, give him the fucking AK. Don't give him give, give him an AWP. Give him an AWP on the CD side. Though. I think they should only use the AWP when... Like, if you have Nico and Hunter in the server running around lopping off heads with one taps, even Jackie Boy on the AIM on the T side with the AK is fucking swift as anything. You have those three running around, right? Of course, an AWP of like Simple's caliber, that is going to be hard to deal with. But like pulling the AWP out when you need it, I think it's going to be more beneficial for the team than going, oh, we have to have an AWP, right? Like I, I think, of course, like that seems stupid yeah, to yeah. say when we know that the best players are AWPers, but for this roster specific, not everyone can play the same version of Counter-Strike, unfortunately. We're just not like, we don't have classes, right? You don't I mean, play a class. This was the context of, of Malik's comment on the Blast interview, if you heard it, when he said, like, there is no meta. And yes. Launders made a tweet about it. But Because how I understand that, it was more like a, I don't know, like a offhand joke comments. Like, people asking, oh, you need to play, like, double up. You need to play like this. You need to have one supportive player. It's like, there is no meta. Like, fuck all of that shit. Like, you the need terms to... is easier to explain. Yeah, I mean, you just need to win the game. In the end, do you use an op? Do you use two ops? Do you use five ops? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't, make... it doesn't matter if all of the top 10 teams, except you use four ops every round, yeah. if you're using five rifles and winning. I think that was what he was trying to say. But in that, like, bantery French way, right, of explaining things in kind of abstract terms. Uh, so I understand that. And, like... I think Nico's T side opping isn't about Nico, but about the team. It's just like how do they utilize Hunter that that Hunter doesn't overlap with Nico, and that, that they get the most out of Amonex versatility, and they get Jax as the entry, and then I guess Nico just fits into that role where you should probably have the op if you want to have the op on that role on that that round. Yeah, because if, if you look at Hunter, he's been fucking insane. Yeah, literally. Amazing. I think in individually his form is the best in CS right now. Just like his aim is so fucking good. Every other round you look at like how how do you do this? And just like one kill, it's not like a highlight of four frags, but it's like one kill you should not even be considering attempting, and he pulls it off. So uh from that perspective, it seems like it could work, but it's so fucking weird. Like I'm on XCT side, this and that. I don't know. I, I'm I'm skeptical about it. That's yeah, what I'll say. I think it's just funny. Like, imagine putting like one of the world's elite fucking riflers on the op just so he can unlock Hunter. <laughs> That's kind of funny. 
Who's his cousin as well, by the yeah, way? But it's imagine just... if yeah. they were both able to, because they're both like what they can bring to the server in terms of just their aim and just destroying like a whole area of their map of the map, right? Like, I I feel like it should be obviously both of them aren't going to get three kills in a round. It's not physically not possible. But like in terms of there being positions on the map, like you've you've got two amazing riflers to be able to trade off of each other or make space for each other and stuff like and the synergy right i always used to play with two guys who were cousins one name was heno the other guy name was spanky that were their names and they used to play and then when they were in clutch situations they never spoke to each other right they just fucking had this cerebral thing going on and they would just clutch and it would work and i don't know what it was so it's just like yeah good one guys and i think you know they were cool dudes maybe maybe the g2 guys have that too anyway terrible anecdote of mine gone do we want to talk about G20 more? Keep this one going. Boys, nah. there's so much juicy shit I want to dig into. We can fucking... Yeah, I mean, the, you, we could talk about G2 for an hour, I guess, and we wouldn't get to the bottom of uh, what is going on. But I, I think it's uh, they're trying to make the most out of what they got. Uh, and this is an attempt to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah it works. I think it still needs time. Still need plenty of time. Uh, all right, Spirit. We didn't see Spirit while EPL was on. I don't know what they were doing. They, they didn't. They didn't qualify for EPL. Um, uh, what were they kind of up to in that time? They right? weren't they were invited. Looking? They couldn't qualify. I guess they could if they. No, I, I don't. Uh, think really I think it would be from... world rankings, right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But they somehow. I think FPX up. got the spot because they were higher in the world rankings at the time. I yeah. Don't I'm not certain yeah. on that. Yeah, I think like because of the cutoff, like Spirit hadn't yet gone there, the, done their jump. And it just went to FPX or whatever it was. Okay, so Spirit had to win the domestic qualifier for Blast, right? Uh, they were in the Pinnacle Cup. They did the Blast Showdown. And next thing they have is DreamHack Masters. Now, uh, they beat Dignitas. They beat Extra Salt. They're two names who we think Spirit should be beating. And then they lost to G2. Uh, going into this one, is this one prop where you think that Spirit were the favorites? Or was this like, I'm not sh I'm not sure. Uh, Against G2, you mean? Yeah. I, I would say they were. Um last show i said that they're the team that needed this the most yeah uh and maybe that felt in the in the last like last rounds of nuke was the decider right over time right yeah. yeah uh i think that felt like they they really needed to to get into another like elite tier competition because of that otherwise they're they'll just kind of just miss out on, on these opportunities. Uh, and for a team like them that doesn't have these invites locked in for Blast and ESL, it's uh, it's hard. You need to like prove it over and over again that you're a top tier team. And just one loss like this that is super close can see you really suffer in the in the long term. Sure. They got DreamHack coming up, right? And I was having a look today. I was just looking around some of the ESL Pro Tour stuff for Cologne. I played G G2 in the first match. Yeah, but the the thing as well at that event is like with the points that you can make. I we never really talk about this, uh, but it's the same with the Blast one, right? With their global finals, I guess ESL have two and Blast have their one long one. Yeah. But the Blast one, obviously, heroics locked in. But for the for the way that the EPT rankings work at the moment, I think only like a couple of names are locked in to guarantee in the European side of things and. Spirit are one of the names on the cusp right now. Like they need to have like a pretty decent showing considering the field at DreamHack to be able to lock themselves in for Cologne. So it's going to be, this is going to be a tough event, right? Because I think that that same thing that I just said goes for, and if I just did my homework right, goes for um, Complexity, G2, Vitality, Mouse, Phase, Big, and Spirit. 
uh, like eight teams all contending for four potential slots. I think it was, I, I got the math somewhere, but it's going to be like DreamHack has a, a quite a huge impact on uh, the, the Cologne event in July. Right. So I think this one for Spirit is going to be important, but like I didn't feel let down by the Spirit performance. I just feel like no. is, are they lacking? I don't, I don't want to say experience at this point because I don't think it, it would be that. Maybe it's just that's how competitive CS is. I I don't know where to put this one. It's not like it's a bad loss. It's just like oh yeah, that's that kind of sucks. Like for the points you're saying, it sucks more than the type of Counter Strike they played. I think Dexter went missing on Dust too, um, and and that was about it. Like I, I don't really have too many other takeaways from Spirit in this one. Striker, you got you got anything? Um, not in particular. I like I saw the last game that they played. I didn't really see the first two, but no, actually no. I they played Liquid in the first round. No, 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 no they played. Salt. Oh, that was the they they played liquid, right? They banged um, extra salt super hard. It wasn't yeah. even close oh, yeah, at all. That one. I only saw the last one. And yeah, I mean, that was that comeback as well that they kind of flapped at the end. As, uh, so hard to say what to make of Spirit just because of how little they play right now. Um, they were on that like month long break essentially uh, because they didn't get any invites. So I'm hoping that they get back on the horse because they kind of look like they would be able to like contest for like a top, top five spot in the world. Okay. alongside of these other cis names so i don't think it's too i don't think it's the worst for them like obviously in terms of what was what prof was saying that's kind of rough uh just because of how little how few opportunities you get but you do have like another huge event coming up that is going to be a little bit easier to go through i think uh, at least like to make a good uh, appearance so sure yeah all right well let's let's pivot and i know you wanted to talk about dignitas striker so i'll tell yeah. you what with them they uh they they with their retooled roster for those who aren't too familiar haven't been keeping up and I think uh last time we were on the show uh <laughs> we spoke about them and and uh, I was like yeah they've been showing a bit of promise and uh, you were quick to to jump to the fact that we, we weren't going to be expecting a whole lot so what's changed uh I think I'm just a little bit more sold on on that team actually okay. like, obviously before we saw them uh, have that really really close series against DG in one of the previous tournaments I don't remember which one right now um, and there was another. There was a couple of series against OG, I think, that they played and lost and that they could have won. And so, like, this, com coupled with the next series that they played, I think, like, against, that was against Spirit, right? I'm not um, just making things up right Beat now. Beat lost to Spirit 2-1, yep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Beat Liquid, like those lost two, to Spirit. Yeah, those two series just made me think that this Dignitas House lost roster is actually kind of legit. The Liquid one, that was... Liquid looked like they were out day. of it, bro. They the were, that was definitely an off day for, for Liquid or something like that. At least the first map. Like, from the second, the vertical one actually, I think, was pretty legit, even against Liquid. But, like, the first map was just Liquid not showing up at all. Just on just New quickly on that Liquid thing, right? The, what I equate the body language to, and I tried to, like, put myself in Moses' shoes there. When those reactions were happening so early from that team, and it just looked like mentally they were actually having a fucking tantrum... What it like I picture there is it's the nightmare I have of being a dad. And I'm not a dad yet, but I want to be one day, right? But the fucking nightmare I have is being in like a public, uh, let's just oh, say no. supermarket, right? And my kid, for whatever reason, just has a fucking tantrum, just sitting on the ground crying, just, you know, arms and legs everywhere. And I'm just standing there like, what the fuck just happened, right? And I got no idea how to fix this problem. But everybody's looking at me like, fix your fucking kid and the kid that's what it looked like for the liquid situation i'm looking at moses like jason say something and then every time the reaction is getting worse and worse i'm just like what the fuck is going on like why are they so tilty g like i had no idea what was going on there like liquid in that game looked all sorts and like i think that definitely gave dignitas some confidence right because as a team who's traditionally around the, the tier two realms you beat liquid you're going to be running with a lot of confidence there and lecro oh, actually that's not the one that excited me this heap kid 
what Heap is he's he's got a rough he name. Good. Yeah, he would look he looked good, right? And it's a Swedish name that hasn't been on anybody's radar. Do we know much about him, Striker? Even even when he came onto Dignity's house, we were like, who? Yeah. It wasn't one of like the it didn't feel like it came with like, you know how we sometimes see like a Swedish guy make a yeah, I played with him in the Swedish version of Faith yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah he but, just came out of kind of out of nowhere. Like yeah. I don't think he even had like a previous le legitimate like a legitimate team, you know, that we've actually heard about. Yeah, so but, I I don't know, it's a weird one. He's been pretty good for Dignitas for some time. He played the last Flashpoint event. He was yes. he pulled up some clutches there that made the rounds on the Reddits and and everything. So I think it's the funniest thing because people on on Reddit also where that clip was two weeks later are gonna be like Olaf Meister free agent replace this looks at the roster Heap doesn't have a picture replace Heap with Olaf Meister it's like <laughs> what the fuck are you doing he's probably like one of the best players that they have on the team at least in terms of potential long term because he's like a 17 year old kid or something am he's I wrong 21. no he's 21 but yeah. whatever he's new to the top tier so it's it's kind of the same shit in cool. my, my books yeah, yeah. so, so that, I, that was super funny I, I guess getting to see more of dignitas is is what is what we need but um lecro performing like a, at that level is going because the thing is when we spoke about this team in the beginning when it had get right when it had exist when it had freiburg forest and halzek it was like well halzek i remember how fifi even like i think referred to the team as similar to like a vitality situation yeah. Yeah. with like halzek having to be the zywoo figure I think like, he was super pissed about making that comment, by the way, just because of the uh, just because of the the backlash that he got for it. Just because, how can you compare this kid to Zaiwu, man? Yeah, th but that that's the thing, right? This is always going to be the, the the case. Now, the problem is with that initial roster. Like, let's be honest. If if that team thought, like, they, I think they must have honestly thought it was the environment that they had had as a team previously that was the reason they didn't succeed. I think, like. The, the problem that happens with all these names, and this is the, what I think Astralis are potentially on the cusp of if they don't get a wriggle on, is like the VP evolved and the NIP evolved. And I think this is what happened to Fnatic recently have been bitten in that same way, is if you're not aggressive enough when your roster changes are necessary, right? Or you don't know when that writing is on the wall, you're going to get left in that situation where it's going to pass you by. And then the amount of work you have to do it's, it's like cramming. You get an assignment at the start of the year and your teacher's like, by the end of the year, I want you to build your dream board in fucking paper mache with an exploding volcano. And if you don't do it, you get like with, with this situation, it was we, it, we look at this team. I don't know what that reference was. Where was that reference going? Was it was I making any sense? I <laughs> know, uh, not really. What I, the fuck am I talking about half the time? I just caught myself like mid thought like. Who the fuck is driving this thing? Like, am I am I am I in control of the words no, coming out not. of my mouth? I don't know. You're what not. the He's fuck? A pilot, man. But anyway, in the beginning, this roster, right? It did look like you know, getting the hard work out of the four, right? Not Halzer. Out of the four was going to be difficult because they've already had their day, right? And to be motivated to get back to that top spot, it's a fucking difficult thing to do. We always talk about that, right? Um, but now that this roster is 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 pretty fresh, like Forrest and Freiburg, Freiburg's still doing a new role in-game leading, right? Still relatively new for him. Halzek and Heap are new and hungry. Lecro's always been floating around the middle of the pack, never really been in the upper echelons of the elite. Now they have enough hunger, right? Is that like a differentiating factor? Do we put anything into that? I mean, I like these hunger things, those are always hard to assess, really. You don't really know what's going on in someone's life. And then you say he doesn't have hunger and then half of Brazil is attacking you the next day, right? <laughs> Rest in peace, similar when he was on the show back back then, when whenever that happened. I think Lecro is just like a fucking good player that had potential to be 
in a pretty good team uh, at the moment as things were. Dignitas were the team that snatched them, and that elevated their game to to a new level. I think that was uh, like the easiest way to put it. Is just I don't know, like Diha and in Ents and some of these players okay. that were around and maybe under undervalued, underappreciated uh, for what they had. I mean, when NIP kicked Lecro, I think his average rating was one ten or something. It was obvious that he wasn't a bad player. Then he went to North, and North was kind of shit. But what, whatever. That's a different. That's a whole different discussion. Sure. And then someone pulled it, pulled him out of the, all of that, like poo poo. And uh, now he's in a team that functions, which is Dignitas, and that's it. I think also Liquid fucked up the veto, going on Nuke and Vertigo, which are Dignitas. I think two two best maps. Yeah, Nuke. Vertigo seemed weird, but I think yeah. they could have been trying to pick into that more, haven't they? Like, yeah, but like. I don't know. They should, should be able to flex harder in the map pool, right? If you're the favorite. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I well, mean, in general, like we, the fact that, like they beat Spirit on Nuke as well. Like they're just such a legit team on Nuke. Like they've had so much success on that map. But yeah, I, that Vertigo one, I think, kind of legitimizes the entire run. Like previously, I thought of them a little bit of like a Nuke team. You know, it was kind of even like before when they were going down as an IP. Like this is way fucking far back, right? They were always good on Nuke, even when the team wasn't actually that good. And this is kind of like, I thought that this was kind of like the remnants of that, that they're just getting some legit wins on Nuke, and that's it. Like, they, re they don't really have the map pool to back up, like, big best of three wins and stuff like that. And now they actually beat Liquid on Vertigo as well, and I think that kind of legitimizes it. And they had to fight for it. It wasn't like Liquid just didn't show up there. That was actually a pretty hard-fought win. Sure. So I, I think that's just, that's just a big part that made Dignitas a lot better in my eyes. Okay. Well, I, I think it's one of these situations as well. And as we mentioned, I think it just continues to uh, feed into that discussion about how difficult Counter-Strike is at the moment, right? Like, I like, I think we can also gambit as the best team right now that we have a clear, like, teams who we would say are in the top 15 or the top 20. But then once you get into the doldrums, like, maybe even, like, on any given Sunday, someone in the top 30 or, like, at the cusp of the top 30 could beat someone in the top 15. Like, I think we're seeing a lot of that now, right? And this is just a lot of work going in for these teams. You know, they might have a couple of good gimmicks, a couple of good strats. I'm not saying that's the same with Dignitas, but I'm saying that's where they've been forged, you know? And now that they're playing against the bigger names, where we see more consistent results, it's obviously we, we put the stock, right? We put the stocks in these bigger names. So the results against them mean more, even though we don't have this everybody versus everybody thing going on. So um, hopefully more from, from the Swedes. You know, they're not doing too good across the board right now, but uh, Vendetta and his crew, we'll see what happens. Um, all right, let's move into the Fun Spark Ulti chat. This one went live today. Lucas, bring this one up here. We can show people the bracket. Uh, this event finishes on the 26th, so that's going to be... Uh, on Monday? The finals on... They put the final on Monday? Am I reading that right? The 26th of April. 26th, yeah. Why have they put it on a Monday? They're just shooting themselves in the... I guess. All right. Well, the grand final will be next Monday, uh, for those of you who can attend that one. Um, Sponge visibly upset. Red <laughs> <laughs> Peter going up. It's on a Monday. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a $250,000 prize pool event. Uh, so lots of smackaroos, 150K for first. Now, we had Heroic pull out of this one. Am I right with that? Did I read yeah. the headline? Okay. Yeah. And Dignitas, the team we were just talking about, get to step in. They'll be playing against uh, EG with Mihu for their opener tomorrow. That one's at 5.30. Uh, today, we had VP versus Fours with Fours, who were actually one of the, the um, CIS teams with a lot of hype a couple years ago, right? And then they dropped off. Now we got no more Exi power over there. They actually took down VP 2 0 uh, overpass and Mirage and Complexity 
uh, took care of business against Harvu. Big versus Extra Salt. This isn't like a tier one event, Prof. Would you say? What? Where do we? How do we categorize this? Yeah, I, tier I, one I and a half, tier tier two. Like on these on the MVP list, it's like a tier three from, but tier one is only for majors, right? Or like these top 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 elite events. So that that's kind of I don't know. These tiers are super bad, and everyone uses yeah. different different uh, terms. But I think it's a pretty good event. Uh, two top ten teams, uh, if I'm correct, versus Pro Complexity, and then like two more top fifteen teams. Uh, and the rest is like also pretty pretty decent teams that can challenge all of the all of the others. So like I'd say this is like a dream hack open. I think if you okay, look that's at a fair it, comparison with 150 grand to... on the line. Yeah, it's a bigger prize pool. Not, uh, 250 for the whole event, right? Yeah, not, not 250. 250 for the yeah, whole event. 150 for first. 50 for second. Uh, 50 can for you third. imagine that this fucking event that lasts a week and the grand final is on a Monday. Yeah. Has the same prize pool as like the first majors that we had. Yeah, how ridiculous that! And some of these teams are like forty sixth in the world, and some of them got invited last minute because someone else said Pulled like uh, two hundred fifty k. Heroic would have been the heavy favorites. Yeah, like that. That's yep. the that's the crazy thing about this event is VP losing already takes them out of contention like they can it's a double and bracket they can still win the whole thing now they have to do it the hard way but like before it would have been a conversation vp complexity okay the bracket's kind of fucked for them let's see how this one pans out eg who even knows what's going on over there at the moment dignitas yeah they look good but you wouldn't consider them like gonna go super deep now you're going to be destined go... to going to complexity now sorry seems just to be destined to be going to complexity sure. now yeah if they can if they can continue to convert like i think vp probably run the gauntlet of the lower bracket with the competition available there right yeah. but it's like it's not an event that like everybody is in this for something different. Like if you're like a, a Harvu, a Fours, uh, maybe even a big, like for this, you're like, okay, well, we want to have a, a pretty strong showing or Dignitas, I guess as well. Like you want to make extra it. salt. Yeah. But for extra salt, this is Europe. Like whatever they get, any wins extra salt get here are fantastic. They're not coming here expecting to win. I'll tell you that as a team coming from a, a region like North America is now, same with team coming from Australia, Asia, South America. You're not coming expecting to win. Like you're coming wanting to win and going to do everything to win. But it's like, I think that you kind of just here for an experience tour, bro. You yeah, know. But they were so hot in NA. That's the that's the thing. And uh, the way they lost uh, in Blast, I think, was kind of a wake up call uh, in some senses. Marky played okay, but other than that, it was very bleak. Mm -hmm. And then there was a post match interview where OC OC was asked by Banks like. What was, what's the main difference opping in Europe versus in NA? And also, it was like straight face. It's something like, uh, in Europe, they actually flash you off angles. And I thought that was like super funny. Is is because he's been he's been destroying everyone in NA. So, yeah. And I don't know. This is just like one match. So I, I'm not going to be saying that like that game against the Spirit defines them. And the Spirit is a pretty strong opponent to face as well. Uh, but but it's a whole different ball game. Cool. All right. Well, with FunSpark Ulti, you guys can check it out. Uh, you can see there we got the link up. The games are live every day at uh, 2 and 5.30. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I guess Complexity VP are the favorites in that one, but we'll keep our eyes on that one. I'd say uh, like big, big is a team that we can they assess need a, maybe. A yeah. yeah. They need like a final or something like that. Top three, you know, three, four series one. Some like good showings against uh, weaker teams. Um, 
Oh, yeah, and Miku with uh, Evil Geniuses. Yeah, they're going to get out of jail free card because of that one. No matter what happens there, we're like, yeah, Miku's just joined. So for that one, it doesn't even matter. Like, good results, people get overhyped. Bad results, they get let off the hook. So let's uh, keep That's it. actually true. Uh, let's look at this here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into this bit of a mid-season recap. As we mentioned, the top of the show, if you have a calendar, if you have a phone, you don't even need a fucking calendar anymore. You don't even listen to even listen to the radio to hear the weather anymore. You can just find it in the palm of your hand. Well, it'll tell you that today is the 19th of April. So we are chugging through the fucking year. Profit's important. <laughs> it plays in. Like you just came back from like 1956. Sometimes like, I hope I did. You don't even need a clock anymore. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're fucking, we're all brainwashed by these You don't little, even buy these dirty little, magazines. These it's little all in your fucking things. These things have fucked us, dude. These things have taken over our brains. They've taken over our lives. They've taken over everything. Fuck. <laughs> all over, man. It's all over, man. All right. That is a red. Can we, can, a red. Change, can we change the red meter to like existential crisis meter? Like what's going on today? Oh, uh, dear. Okay. Now. Aliens, phone. <laughs> Kids. Uh, man. All right. So this is what I want to talk about. The reason I said the date again is because we're—you wouldn't know it—but we're already quickly getting a what, like 2021. We're four months in, boys. Before we know it, it's going to be practically, fucking practically over. It's going to be Christmas, right? You know, like it, it's going to be presents. GG. Now, there's lots of things to talk about here. Um, now, people in the chat, instead of spamming nonsense about me spam some actual good stuff about big things that happen in a year like the biggest drama or who you think's the best player or you know what you're th like anything crazy that's happened i want you guys in chat to spam it because we're going to speculate the same here so let's start right by talking about in in 2021 off the top of your head boys what is the biggest thing that stands out in a good way or a bad way right not not a play but like a piece of news that we've got what do you think is is the is the biggest thing one way or another is it positive news is it negative news because i i think like team wise we'd all say gamba are the breakout of the year even though they've been on the on the incline you think cis counter-strike as a whole being so competitive even though if you go back and you look at it it, it makes sense in the scheme of things right um I, I, there's an entry. Well, Lucas has just made an entry. Lucas, you have a microphone. Yeah, but I'm like scared to say anything. You can say words. I mean, this was the year that Thorin left Flashpoint. Well, which is a pretty big deal because Thorin was doing a lot over there, right? And we don't know what's going to happen with Flashpoint now. Uh, I won't exactly. lie. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think Monte Cristo's is, is driving the ship over there, right? So I don't know into what regard, but I think if Duncan loses faith in something, then. Um, it's kind of telling of 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 the the work life over there that it's probably not going to go in a direction that he thought was good fast. Um, but like that's that is a big thing that's happened this year uh, because Flashpoint was the third contender, um, which this is a good talking point, Lucas. You've actually set us up in a good point. We have ESL with the ESL Pro Tour. We have Blast with with their circuit. I don't know what the official name for their circuit is. Um, and then we've got, uh, we had Flashpoint, right, with their franchise teams, which was meant to be bringing what would have been uh, more of a North American focus because this is where a lot of those orgs were from, right? Even though they were European teams, that's kind of where the focus was in North America. Now the status quo, Prof and Striker, is a bit different, right? Like we don't have those teams anymore. Prof, have you put your your, your hand up? Is... Actually, actually did. Yes. Nice. All right. I found, I found that. I wanted to say like kind of connected and not connected to that. 
I feel like this year we don't have an oversaturation problem. Okay. And some, that's something that didn't really get addressed by anyone because you don't really see the things that don't exist anymore, right? Uh, you complain about the issues that are there. And when they go away, you just forget they were ever there. And I'd say this year, watching like tier one events, they're not too stacked. There's like decent breaks between them. They're like mid tier, lower tier events to fill in the gaps. So if you want to watch like some decent CS, you can watch it. But if you're also, if you're kind of sick of watching CS and you don't watch it for a week, you're not going to miss the most important things. And overall, it's kind of well balanced, or at least until now with, uh, with the RMR events, we'll see how that pans out because there's probably going to be some rejigging there. But overall, I'd say it's been pretty enjoyable to watch to watch CS and to follow CS. Yeah. It hasn't been overwhelming in any way. Now, I, I guess this ties into, Lucas, bring this tweet up that I made the other day here. Um, now, this tweet I made, I'm going to read it just so you guys know that I'm not great with numbers and stuff. Uh, the tweet reads, probably scuffed a few numbers, but took a quick look at the amount of play days from start of 2021 until April 15, recorded on hltv.org for the top teams. Um, then I went and said, if you plan to use the figures, I'd definitely double check them. Uh, this was a very quick scan of the numbers. Uh, and then I further said in a follow-up tweet, keep in mind this is just their official play days. This does not include media days, practice days, et cetera. 105 days from January 1st to April 15. Tournament break officially ended on the 17th of January. Uh, so that means tournaments could start back up on the 18th of January, which is a total period of time for available tier one competition days of 88. So if you have a look at this right here, just playing into what you were talking about there, Prof, I broke it down into months so people can see just that this was all the teams in the top 20 at the time I did this. Um, and the amount of days that they played officials in a month, um, the total days, and then the, how that correlates to the maps, right? And Gambit are leading the charge, and they're also the best team in the world. So, like, I didn't, there, there was nothing, uh, there was no correlation with this. There was no purpose of this. I wasn't trying to say, hey, look how, how, how small amount of work these players do. The point is, this is the only tangible thing that we have, right? We can only see the performance of these players in the server on the days that they play officials. That we have no other way of officially measuring them. Like Prof, Striker, the other reporters around Counter-Strike, they don't get given backstage fucking passes to go into teams' team speaks and watch them practice and, you know, kind of get a vibe for how they do it if the players inform. You know, we don't have scouts out there, you know, refreshing to see which teams are playing which and who's performing well. And then when we do, it's like, well, you can't really count prac results. The only thing that we have to look at here is the amount of matches that these guys have played. And on the amount of days that they played. And the total for Gambit with 29, then you have 28 for Harvard, or another team is on the rise at the moment, obviously not of Gambit level, but they're, they're starting to go in that direction. The names with the most, I'll read them off the list, and you guys can tell me how you think about them, though, because after Gambit and Harvu, you know, VP, 21 days. You got 22 days for a team like Liquid, who are up in the top right now. NIP, a, a team who have been working pretty hard and are starting to see good results, 20 for them. But then you go on the other side of that, teams like Fnatic only have 13 days. Now, that's a symptom of their result. If you get knocked out of a tournament early, right, you're not going to play a lot of days. But you're also not playing in a lot of tournaments. And then, to just fucking cream on top of this cake, this ties back into your tweet, Prof. Because you were talking about the fact with the open circuits. So some of these guys are protected by being a Louvre Agreement team or a Blast Partner team or previously a Flashpoint team to be guaranteed to be in these events when the names like the Gambits, the Heroics, the Harvus, that these guys who aren't there, they're grinding up and they're showing that you can be competitive in this environment. Like, what what do we make of the scene right now? Because the it almost means that the rankings, they're not, they're not power rankings. They're not who the best teams are as we feel right now. They're the best teams with the results that we know. So Counter-Strike at the moment for me 
because of how guarded some of these squads feel, it's hard to know who the best is. Like I think right now, if if, if you're if you're a person and you think Australis is still one of the best teams in the world, you're probably not watching the games, like guys. Like you you're probably not watching Counter Strike. So I don't know what to make of our scene right now. I don't think it's all doom and gloom like some people think it is. Like I I, I don't don't get that vibe. Like guys, I don't I don't have to tell you this and like i'm not i'm not a journalist i don't investigate things and stuff but i've been around counter-strike now for the majority of my life like actually the majority of my life and when like i read stuff about like oh north american counter-strike dying this and valorant taking all the players this like i don't know if you guys are actually looking at the numbers and like you're understanding what kind of world that we're in right now but i think it's a pretty fucking good one we have more players than ever we have sticker capsules in the fucking game. I was reading a tweet today. Some cunt was saying that like the I buy power hollow or the deepness is hollow from tw- whatever it is, is reaching all time highs in terms. And this is like the skin economy of the game. We've got like in terms of in terms of the player base, it's huge in terms of the amount of leagues and choice. We just said open qualifiers. And for people who are just like amateurs making tournaments with their friends trying to qualify for these big events are oversaturated right now for some of these names. There's multiple big circuits for everybody to be involved in. Players, I'm telling you right now, a large portion of your favorite players are making twenty thousand US dollars a month or more. Like what? What? But all we're doing, right? And I just feel there's so much. Like, okay, yeah, are some players in North America being investigated because they match fixed? Yeah, but like that's a, that's an incident that's there, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like right now everyone's just painting the Counter Strike community in such like a negative light that that's all that people are fucking banging on about. It's just negative shit. And I don't think that's the actual. I don't think that's the landscape. Is is it as negative you, as you're just trying to protect your job? Obviously, yeah. uh, I mean, maybe I am. Dying game because you're be you go back to being a plumber if if CS dies. I'm definitely dies. not doing that. I'll go to work. I'll go work anything else before digging holes again. I mean, that, that's um, obviously what some people will say. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can say whatever. Uh, obviously, in NA, the situation is as it is, not great. Uh, but at the same time, you pop on a Valorant stream of like their European competition, even with some of these like good teams and it's and it's not a lot of viewers. So it's, it's literally at this point in Europe, there's nothing to really be afraid of at least. And from, from what I know, the salaries for European teams and players also aren't that amazing, especially comparing to CS, which is more or less, as you said, consolidated at that kind of a level uh, where it has been for the past few years. It's going to yeah. go down now. Let yeah, me tell you that yeah. much. And maybe some teams had like 40k before, or maybe some still have, based on like contracts from a year or two ago. Uh, maybe that is going to go down, but it's not the end of the world. Um, maybe, maybe they won't buy and like an, I don't even know cars. Like a very expensive car, they'll buy less expensive car but still a good car put in whatever the fuck you want in, yeah in, in those brands, they won't get right? the tesla they'll just get you know a bmw m3 yeah i don't know if that's a good car that probably was 10 years ago i don't even know anymore but like i don't know maybe like obviously obviously for us like being so we're, we would be counter-strike hardcore right like we don't we don't i don't I play other games for fun right but i don't follow other games maybe i'll occasionally tune into a valent stream i like to see what it's up to um but oh, like, no. huh? 
no, oh, like, no. <laughs> I, no, like, and I'll, I'll occasionally play it too because I think it's important to know what the competition is doing. Like, I think you got to you, know your enemy exactly, right? And I think to see it, like, and and to be able to go, okay, yeah, this is like this, and just to understand what the appeal is, it's important to be able to do that, right? And this is the first time that we've ever had a true competitor. Before, we've never had a competitor that wasn't part of the Counter Strike franchise. Our competitors <laughs> in the past were CS Source, right? Um, so. Uh, I, I don't know, like just reflecting on this year, it's just it's just really been made to look like like the sky is falling. And I don't I don't know, like people in the community are always pitting things against each other. Like I'm reading like, well, this this analyst is better than this analyst or this this, you know, this event organizes better than this. Like right now, all of you guys are getting everything for free that you consume. What is it that you pay for? Maybe a face it subscription because you want to play the premium quality thing and not have to play against fucking kids not trying. Thumb skins, of course. You buy and like what are what are we doing? What are we talking about right now? Like I I know that I'm an entitled fucking Muppet, but like the level of entitlement now that I'm seeing is hitting an all-time high. Like the companies that are pushing the boundaries and doing new things and oh this is shit like how dare you make me watch an ad break screen you know that it doesn't have content filling when i'm meant to be watching an ad break to help pay for the product that i like watching like, yes i'll show no but it's not like i think i think it's like let's be honest here blast pushing the level like blast a smart blast when we can't do our live events so let's pour all of our attention into having a better quality of content and then esl went oh shit right they've just made us look silly we're gonna have to catch up so then esl are caught up which has helped elevate the bar right flashpoint would have done the same unfortunately they weren't able to pull off what they wanted to pull off so now it's a position where it's just going to be blast and esl are the ones pushing each other hopefully right but like i i, I don't know i i don't know like i've gone off i've I've just a little bit confused by yeah. the whole thing i mean overall i'll just say that i really enjoyed watching cs this year uh more so than like last year especially when those uh, it, it took some time to like get adjusted from land to online and like actually taking online super seriously and then having bad formats and too many matches and as like pro league was a complete mess with like million games uh overlapping uh, but this year i feel like it's like everyone's making the most of it and the formats are good and it's good to watch they're good games not every game is good but like every event we had good finals as well Every event we have some like breakout things, an underdog picking up some like a couple of upsets, then another a new player having a good tournament, Yakindar is having like a great year, whatever. So I, I think it's just like it's fun to watch. Of course, I want land lands back. And of course, I want to travel and I want to go to events, but it's not it's not bad. It's not I don't see why um, I mean I see why people will complain and and have all this like doomsday apocalypse scenarios but even if cs is 10 times smaller it'll still go on and it'll be enough to feed me i feel like so i i can't really be i'm not worried That's yeah it. i i don't know striker like you when i hear people talking about the death of counter-strike it just feels like a super ignorant thing right like do you think that we're heading down a path that we were not able to come back from? Because I get the concerns, right? I get the concerns of, like, I, I think we're course correcting as it is right now. I think player salaries, for example, are something which are not going to, like, unless you're a simple or a Zywoo, like, these days, I'm not going to be forking out 20 grand for an MBK. I'm just going to be spending, yeah. you know, five or six grand for the next FPL star. Like, why would I be spending money on, on these things when I don't have to anymore? There's so many players who are, and I taught, like, 
I was playing, I've been playing, trying to play like more pugs and stuff recently and try and like with, with pros who I used to be friends with and stuff like, or used to play with, try and get them and just to talk to them about the game in, in some environments and ask some questions. Cause I don't normally do that. Right. Like I try to keep myself as disconnected from that because it's my job to kind of critique them. And I don't want to ever get into a point where I'm, you know, rooting for a team. I don't want that. Like, I don't want to be biased because like this guy told me, you know, but the thing is they're like, it's harder than ever. Right. And and that's the level of the game has gotten harder than ever. There are so many players now with the understanding. There are so many more tools, so many more facilities on how to learn. Like people are expressing knowledge like Carrigan, Stico, all these guys are doing videos. Elijah's doing content now. If you want to learn about there's so much camp, content. Yeah, the, it's endless now. So there's no point on wasting all this money that we once were to get a top tier guy like that's going to change. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the question striker that I was going to, do you think we are headed in a path with some of our stuff? Because take this back into what Prof's tweet was about the closed circuits. Um, do we think that we're going to continue to head in that direction and we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot to to remove the fun storylines, the gambit and the heroics? Do we think that, you know, we're ever in threat of that? Is it signs that we're going down a dark path? I think as much as I know that like if any or a tournament organizer would want to come out on top. And obviously there's some things that you have to do to kind of get there, right? Just to kind of like cut everybody else out uh, if you want to be the one on top. But at the same time, like this, like the openness of our circuit, I think at least to a degree will never disappear. Okay. I think there's always going to be uh, some sort of mechanic that will allow teams that aren't part of the partner circuit or the, the, the partner group um, to to enter the circuits. So I think that that part is never going to disappear. Maybe it's going to get limited to some level, you know, like we've obviously seen some of that, some of that in, in the SL Pro League, which was previously not partnered at all. I know like most of the teams could have been like entirely new almost next. I mean, not, not, not entirely new. And there's only like a couple of teams got relegated, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Over a few seasons, like you could have, like a lot of the teams could have changed this time. It's only half of them, right? So it's not as, as big, but I think that part is never going to disappear. So I think that's a good sign. Obviously, like, if you want to have like the most open circuit as possible, you don't really want want to see this happen. But I think the the aspect is always going to be there to a certain degree. We see like these the hybrid, homes, right? Yeah, we see these home sweet home events that are kind of like fostering some of this talent to get up to the next level. You know, sometimes they mesh up with like a lot of these bigger teams as we saw in these playoffs and stuff like that. There's just like a lot of positive things that are happening right now. Teams are trying six man rosters. Like we're seeing some innovation. And in that aspect, teams are trying to get a little bit more support staff and look into that aspect of the team of the of like how a team functions. Like there's like sure NA is kind of dead at this point. Like that's the bad part. Like we've pretty much lost the region at this point. Like we've only got a handful of teams that are actually could be legit um, uh, from North America. Let's grab that one though, right? Let me stop you there. North America okay. is dead at the moment. Let's 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 dive into this because it's not something that I've truly like looked into heavily myself, right? So the orgs who we lost were Chaos and who? Who is the other org that we we lost recently? Um, I guess Cloud I mean, Nine. Cloud Nine. I Genji. Mean, Genji. Genji. Yeah, Envy. There was. There's got to be one more who went with the Chaos. Oh. I thought there was one more that like was the same level of team who just kind of like disappeared. Uh, but either way, it's not really the point. But like in terms of in terms of it being like dead, those names that we talked about thieves. before, hundred thieves, but they they exist as extremum now, right? Like if we're talking about North American Counter Strike, well, hundred thieves weren't North American, right? MIBR weren't North American, um, Fury aren't North American, right? Like I where do we draw not, the line? Not necessarily talking about. Um, I'm just talking about how what kind of impact it's going to have on on the viewership from that region. The fact that they don't have, they don't really have any 
they're eventually not going to have any big teams in the circuit, or maybe not not any, but it like might just be liquid. For example. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It could be just liquid and EG, and there's never like there could never be like a third team entering that uh, uh, that discussion. At least not until like the scene gets reinvigorated. Because at this point, like it's very difficult for a North American player to to come up. Like the the teams sure. that he can join are literally just liquid or EG. And now EG doesn't look likely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So obviously, like that's gonna deter some of these players from trying to to make it far. Like they would have to be like entire teams making their way to to the top and stuff like that. Or maybe like one of these players will have every now and again, like every half a year, like every year, will make it to a liquid just because they need to change. You know, stuff like this. This like this is gonna trickle down. Uh, where in a couple of years, we're just legit. There's very uh, there's a high likelihood that we're just not gonna see more than like one NA team in uh, competing at the top, right? Yeah. So. That's like the only doom and gloom scenario that I see that we're just going to lose an entire region. But I think some of the talent will still come through. Some of the talent, at least the, the one that we have now, I think that like the actual impact of this, we're only going to see in like five years down the line when like there's no, there's no grassroots scene to pick up from, right? Like people will just dwindle away from the game and, and just go into other games most likely. Yeah, look, I, I think that um, a part of it was this goes for almost Counter-Strike in the world, uh, was artificially propped up by like certain orgs and stuff just because they were competitive in other games. So like, I felt like a lot of the League of Legends teams felt like they should have a Counter-Strike team, for example. I don't know if you guys had that that same kind of thought, right? But like, that's obviously good to generate within the region, but it didn't generate a lot of success in the region, right? The success only came from EG and Liquid in since 2019, right? When NRG were... NRG were, before, right? yeah. Yeah. So, like, realistically, the success purely from North America has only really and been Cloud those two Nine, names. Of course. Well, yeah, okay, the Cloud9 before that, but it was almost like of a different era, right? Um, but but I, I look at that situation and I go, in terms of competitive nature, we still have two North American teams competitive. It's just how we're going to fill out the, the, the future ones. But at that point, I'm looking and I'm thinking, okay, well, now if there's not as many orgs, they have to fight for these kind of slots. Uh, maybe we're going to get the hungry ones out of it. Like, that's, the, that's a positive spin on it. But what I wanted to do with what we were talking about with like these closed circuits and this, that, and the other, and where Counter-Strike is from the start of the year. Lucas, bring this one up. Yes, Lucas? I mean, talk, also talking about NA, you have the whole match-fixing scandal going. Yeah, we mentioned the FBI thing. That's not great. Uh, yeah. that, the Australian thing, we should probably check in with the Australian ESIC thing as well. Um, but what I want to do, because I know this will get the viewers' attention, Lucas, bring up this one uh, for everybody at home. And you guys can grab that one too. Now, this is the world rankings at the end of January, right? So this year, as I mentioned before, the player break, or sorry, not the player break, the tournament break, as it has been changed to now, ended it on, is. I believe it's the tournament break, not the player break. So there's okay. no tournaments running in that period of time, but players are not just off work, right? Like, I guess their org says, yeah, you can have from this time to this time off, but play. <laughs> I wonder what the fucking, again. what's the point, man? Like, okay, we brought a new term. I, I, I think that's what it's being changed to. I don't officially, I'm not the man to, but the, the tournament break ended on the 17th, which meant tournament started back on the 18th. This is a week later, right? Australis were, the, were first. Now, obviously, this is with rankings. There's decay. We know how this all works. Australis first, Vitality second, Na'Vi third, Big fourth, Liquid fifth, Heroic sixth, OG seventh, G2 eighth, Fury ninth, and VP in there at 10th. Now, if, we, if I send you this one, Lucas, we can take a little bit of a look at how it looks today. And it has been updated. There was a bit of a delay. Peter made a tweet about it, some form of a bug. But if you just take a look at it today, right? Gambit are now the highest 
rated team in the world, right? They're number one. Then Astralis is still up there. Heroic have pushed higher. Navi is still in there. A lot of these names are still there, but it's like the Gambit one is the one that is, they came a long way since January, right? So when we're looking at these teams, we're looking at these names, does anything else jump off, you know, that has really changed a lot in the rankings from the start of the year to now? I mean, by Tardy. Okay, so they dropped down now to eighth, but I feel they're going to plummet 13. a lot further than that, right? What am I looking at? I think you're oh, looking at I linked the last the wrong tweet. One. Yeah, I, I linked the wrong one to you, Lucas. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they, they dropped to 13 This now, one which here, is, Lucas. Which was to be expected, to be fair. This so is they, the January rating, ranking. That's that yeah, I linked the January one, and then that I, I had went to an old link. Then the April one that came out today for the right. 19th. So, so Yeah, I'm just yeah. like taking it in because there hasn't been that many changes at the top. It's just pretty much just Vitaly and G2 kind of EG, swapping places. With Tarek who dropped to 20th now, for example. Right. Yeah, but I mean, that's because of the change. What um, I wanted to mostly. do with us boys was kind of, and the chat can help too because they're always very vocal, is do a power ranking now of the top 10, right? Not not with any of these events so far. Like Not like thinking, oh, what happened at IEM yeah, Global yeah, Challenge yeah. last year. Like the teams as of right now, like if, if we there was an, in, yeah. yeah, if there was an event tomorrow, yeah. how would we? How, Who would we put as our top ten? Like what? What do we think it's going to look like? Right. So I think Gambit is where we're all sitting. They don't have of any. Of course, yeah. Okay. So then second, like this is where it gets a bit a bit tighter a discussion. But you'd almost have to say heroic. I think heroic has like legit like based on the last two weeks essentially like it's just heroic. Okay, so first would be Gambit, second would be heroic. Now we have another eight spots to fill to get us to ten. Right now, okay. this is where it starts. You can have now. I don't, you boys can jump in whatever you want and we can debate it here because this is super open. I think the way that Astralis have lost some of their games recently, to have them in a conversation for like a top three spot right now, it's too think difficult. I for a top five. I wouldn't, no, okay. maybe bottom top then, but I don't know. So then who are we putting up there? Because I think like VP have looked really good in, in patches, but then also can look really quite... For me, it's between VP and Spirit, honestly. Really? Me. Yeah. Okay, but Spirit are currently 10th in the rankings. So... Yeah, because they didn't play a lot. So okay. that, that's what affected their rank, ranking. But that's that's my opinion. So I don't know, you you chime in with, with yours. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, like, Furia versus Spirit, like, that'd be an interesting match to see who comes out on top there. I think Furia have been in good form, even with, like, the, still integrating Junior. I don't think they've looked great, right? They wouldn't be my third team. I, I think, like, VP would be, yeah, I could agree on VP. Spirit, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not 100 sold just yet. So yeah, I'm just I'll running just through some of these turn, some of these events, just to kind of refresh my memory on how these teams have done. Like, uh, so we have Gambit, Heroic, VP for our top three. Yeah. Then after that, it's like it gets really. You want to, you want to push Furia? Uh, Liquid is also there. Liquid looked really rubbish against Dignity stuff. We're going to be honest, yeah, right? Like, but that was one match. I, I think, think that's one match. I, I think I would put probably Liquid somewhere on the precipice of top five. Of the okay, yeah. I'll, I'll remind people. I can. This is more of a power ranking, guys. This is like as of like right now, just to to try and reiterate for people at home. The HLTV.org rankings is like a lot of events. There's decay. There's fucking rusted. There's all of that. We're just doing right now. All right. Um, I don't know. I'd put Furia over Liquid. I, I don't know. Like it I don't mind it, honestly. They've been pretty consistent. I think they just haven't really done like enough to to be in a conversation for titles, but I think they're like they're 16 also, to Astralis win on train was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to go so so now we have number four Furious and number five. I guess then we have Liquid. I still think Spirit deserves to be somewhere there. Uh, there's Spirit also there. Astralis that we can maybe put in the discussion, even though I wouldn't personally. 
if like, we're if we're the, talking about the power ranking. Like for me, Australis probably bottom top then. Dude, the thing is as well, like if I was honestly doing it, like if, if I was just like riffing, like OG somehow would sneak into my top ten at the moment. Which I is just ridiculous. Kind of think, I was thinking yeah, about it as yeah, well, yeah. but it's just yeah. like well, it's I very mean, recency bias, obviously, and kind of like you know honeymoon period type stuff. But yeah, I kind of feel we the same way. We haven't said Navi. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. just looking into what they did, like the latest, because I feel like they've kind of. I know it's dysfunctional and the whole flamey thing. We don't know how it's going to yeah. look with Bit full time, so that makes it a little bit harder. But I would say just with the simple uh, electronic, you know, that, that that just seems like some pop out fucking analysis yeah. doing right there. Because like the current team, what did they do? They lost their complexity two zero in EPL. That's the last time we saw them. Yep. You want to put Navi top five? I don't know. The two teams they beat before that were Team One MIBR. They lost two one to fucking Gamba, and they lost two zero to Furia. Like yeah, I'm not these are Navi's Navi last three. Point. Yeah, the it, people at home, listen to this for a fucking second. The last three Navi wins are Cloud Nine, who doesn't exist anymore, MIBR, and Team One. Yeah, like, that got them out of the out of the groups. That's that got that is absurd. Okay, so I don't know. Navi have to be ballooning out here, like. That if we're gonna, this is the thing, guys. This is the whole the reason I want to bring this up is because if we're looking at recent form, these teams only are having points because they've beaten shit teams in the events that they're already partnered with. Like, yeah, like be honest with yourselves for a second here. Their form against the the better names is not good. If we just look at the form against the good, it's not good. Like the oh yikes. That's why I'm saying like spirit is currently yeah, put spirit in like. Okay, you want a spirit? Are you yeah, okay with, with spirit? Fine. Sure. Okay, so then we have spirit. Because I don't have anybody else to put. Yeah, them. but it feels like that, though, doesn't it? It's yeah, really I think like I think like from like the fifth fifth spot down, like it could be like five teams. And like now we have the discussion for G two almost now, like somewhere Ooh, like around the not, not for me, not for, I mean also like maybe bottom top ten, but I wouldn't put them over Liquid, for example, at the moment. Well, I definitely put them way above Astralis right now. Really? <laughs> that's fair. I, I'd agree right now. But I if you look G2, at the... I think G2 have gotten a lot of flag just because of the topping change, but their results, like, of course, they've been, like, fairly inconsistent, but still, they've taken down some, like, legit teams. OG2, I guess if I was going to put OG in the top 10 and G2 yeah. beat them, you'd have to. They beat Liquid. They beat Fate. Uh, that phase game, I don't know if we count. They beat. They lost to Ents. They beat Vitality. They beat NIP. Like NIP, we haven't mentioned either. NIP. I think, I'm, I'm, I think I NIP are doomed NIP. to like a top ten forever, man, forever and ever. All right. Who? I guess here. I guess we would have to pad out with the Astralises and Navi's of the world. Like, like even if we're saying that we don't think they're like in great form right now, do we think right? Because this is the way we're gonna have to look at this. Have we said Liquid? I mean, we put them in five now. No, no, Spirit. I don't think we've used them yet. I'd put, I'd put Liquid after Spirit. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah, I like that. And then now like, we have these difficult. Now we have the Navi, maybe. Navi Astralis G2. Yeah. I, I'd literally go like something like OG. Navi OG G2. Astralis. Something like that. Astralis yeah. would round, be the 11th, right? That is. Uh, okay. No, that I would have be to check like, complexity, actually. I've kind of like forgotten what's happened with them over the year. Complexity beat Harvard like today. Recently. They lost to NIP. They beat VP. They beat Navi. They lost to Heroic. This was all during EPL. Uh, they beat Renegades. They lost to Big. They beat OG. They beat FPX. FPX had a stand-in. OG had a stand-in. Complexity still seem to be in the same kind of spot that they've always been, like where they can always be 
a contender against like the best teams, but then they lose to somebody they, they shouldn't be losing to and like it all kind of resets. I'm happy to pad out the way you were saying there, Prof, with like the Navis, the the G2s, the OGs. Oh, like I think power ranking wise, like for right now, like this, it's probably not a bad. Yeah, I think that's probably not a bad go. Like, which is wild. Um, How can we show the viewers? I'll uh, put a presentation thing together. Yeah, because like I let's do that. I think that this is one of those things, right? Because there's obviously a lot of changing that needs to happen. And and while we get that written up by prop, we can kind of keep the conversation going. With these closed events, or maybe not closed events, with the hybrid nature, certain teams are always going to, with just one or two wins against a team that they're probably seated quite well against, are going to guarantee themselves points or guarantee themselves attendance in these events going forward, right? Which means they're almost protected by that. This online era opening everything up, you're seeing in the snow, sweet snows and these smaller events with these names, how much more competitive it can be obviously when we're not in the arenas right we all know that that land factor is one but it's showing you just in terms of you know who's working hard who's has a good understanding of the game and all those things of who that we're looking at and i don't know how this is all gonna you know shape on out in in half a year's time when hopefully we're back on land but it's it's just really difficult right now i think to put the finger on the pulse of who the best teams in the world are it's 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 been wild, right? I, I don't know. This has been a been a wild fucking ride. Um, Lucas, did you get that link? Okay. That's all right. We'll get it there in a second. You don't you worry about that. Yeah, I can send a screenshot if you want. So yeah, do we do we think like uh, obviously people I saw you replied to a guy today, prof, in a tweet, like talking about land teams, right? Like we've had this discussion to the end of time, so we're not gonna go in that one there, but like how different do we think things are going to look? Because we're still six months away from LAN, right? I don't think it's going to be that different overall, especially like the, the biggest. The biggest I, think, I think the biggest difference differences are going to be like coach influence in matches, sure, and That's that maybe can help with some teams that have uh, maybe poor communication or one guy that isn't that good in like positioning himself or like reading the game and needs some like small instructions during the game. And we have no idea. That could literally be any team, maybe not Astralis probably, because they already proved with this lineup that they don't need that stuff. But any other team could have any of these issues, right? It could be Furia, for example, maybe maybe their communication sucks and then Gary can yeah. help in that he does that. We have no fucking idea. And maybe some in-game leader. That's also a thing. We have a lot of these in-game leaders now that didn't used to be in-game leaders before. Mm. Uh, how how much are the coaches helping there to to kind of bridge that gap in during like not calling timeouts, just being able to talk in, in freeze time all the time, which they won't be able to do on land. Uh, these kinds of things I feel like would be the biggest differences. Maybe the the audio thing, maybe the all of these offensive plays. You won't be able to work off of them as much as you do online with, I don't know, just getting that, you know, the, the step that you hear after you die. So even if you die, you get the info, they're going this way, they're going that way. You know, these kinds of things. But it, it's I think it's super hard to say which of these teams are going to suffer the most. And I don't think it's going to be like all of the old boys just instantly coming back and being the best. Sure. Because yeah, most of them won't even be there the, the way that we're going anyway, right? 
like RPK and, is out, uh, Flamey is out, and that's the direction that by the time we're back, it's going to be half of the new players uh, in these like old teams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as much as, as much as I think that online and LAN is obviously there's a difference there, especially like for certain players, like there's even like a ping difference for a lot of these people and stuff like that. So obviously like that's going to come into play. But in general, I feel like the, the biggest part about online happening for such a long time now for being around for like a year it has made all these teams switch their focus and just learn how to be consistent online online right just how to be in the same kind of place for every tournament and stuff like that previously they only had these online tournaments like every whatever probably every half a year or something like that and they probably didn't take them super seriously just because they had a land coming up like in two days or whatever like after they play this or that match so like i think the fact that people have switched focus and like learned how to be a bit more consistent online or just at least to have the same pace uh, and the same kind of focus, I think that makes me think that it's not going to be that that big of a difference when we come back. I think it's going to be a transitional period for literally everybody just because it's going to take some time to get used to these environments and stuff like that. And for some teams, it might be a bit more difficult for like a, I guess, I mean, maybe Gambit is the best uh, best one right now, but they still have quite a lot of Atlanta experience, so I don't think it's going to affect them super much, but yeah. like some of these teams. Well, well, like honestly, traveling and feeling 100% in a yeah. hotel, a new city, a new time zone, that's that's a skill. Uh, if you master that one, let me know how you've done it. Um, but there's a lot of those factors there that we're never going to be able to account for. Um, and and I, I worry that there's no... This is a chance for us to not have a, like a clean break, but there is it, it kind of feels like if we could have it like as inclusive as possible to all of the big names and really just throw it because I feel like the way that we're going to measure all these teams is going to be so difficult to do. And that's going to happen no matter what, yeah. like no matter how this happens. So there's no there's no easy way to do it. But um, all right. So yeah. was that why you, you were asking about like the what was the? 16 team uh, double elimination bracket uh, how uh, many 32. days yeah because yeah. i feel like like there's there's so many good teams now and like i think the the top 30 on it on patreon tv or you could probably there's probably a lot of names you could tinker with there there's probably a lot of names like like the gorillas team with flusher for example um the new north team that's being built like there's probably a lot of teams you could argue that you could fit in there and they might be more competitive than some of these names obviously that's not what the the rankings show but i mean just get fucking 40 teams and get a swiss like a proper swiss system with like a lot of teams right so it's like sure. there's no yeah if we're, if we're doing 32 why not we'll just keep going like i'm, I'm with you we like we made well, something big is good because it's so hard to measure all these teams right now but... i think something like swiss system is legit like done for like a big uh big sample size where you can't just like you can't seed people properly so it's like the swiss system swiss system essentially does it, doesn't it for you. you that's yeah that's how it's used in chess and stuff like that where there's just there's just so many players that you kind of there's just no way that you're going to rank them properly right according to seeding so they just play like semi-randomly right so, against one another. For gold kind of thing yeah mean? so yeah. like that's that's actually what swiss is pretty much made for we obviously kind of adapted it quite heavily towards uh, counter-strike where there's like a lot of seeding because it's kind of necessary because we can actually rank teams considering how many fucking tournaments there are and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of what it's made for. It's probably better than like a demo elimination just because you get more of a chance. That, that That's another thing like that I think is interesting with the online era because like everybody's able to play so much that we're able, we, we're constantly keeping our finger on the pulse, right? Like it's not like we see Astralis at the start of the month and then we see them, oh, maybe it is. Like I guess it is with the amount of days that in that graphic that I have before. For some reason, it doesn't feel that way. 
maybe that's because we just have so many good teams now. But I was going to say, like, it doesn't feel like we see Australia at the start of the month, then we see them like at the start of the next month and go, yeah, you know, it's completely changed a lot. But I guess they've been on the same trajectory here. Um, what, what else has been big this year? Obviously, the major announcement. I'm starting to get more and more positive about that happening. Yeah. I don't know yeah. about you boys. Lots more vaccinations happening. HLT positive. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a whole thing <laughs> that's as well. That's a throwback throw and a half. That was a term like three years ago at the League Major, I think. Okay. Well, like that, the major being announced shows that one or two things. Some people are positive that this is all going to work itself out. Like it's also a positive thing for the game. I think this year the major needs to have like a real positive focus. So everything leading up to it, because we need it. Like we yeah. truly need it because the way that I think we should look at the majors is the celebration of our game, right? And we celebrate who the team is that's worked the hardest and, and got the best results of that event. And hopefully we have some really exciting Counter-Strike along that journey, right? And I'm hoping that we can get it off without a hitch. I'm hoping that there are no compromises. It's like these guys can't travel because of the COVID thing. So these guys are invited instead or whatever. Like we really don't want that stuff to happen. It's going to kind of be a good way for us as a community to go, okay, well, we're getting back on our way now. And that's what ties me into what I was saying before about all the doom and gloom. Like, Boys, I look at the, 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 I obviously, we mainly focus on the tier one Counter Strike, right? There's so many different levels to Counter Strike, but obviously, we've got the ESL circuit, we have the Blast circuit, and then we have the major circuit. Is there, is there anything that I'm missing here in terms of the top tier Counter Strike? Because I know that once upon a time, Epicenter would pop their head up and run events, Starlighter would do a couple. We did have ECS. Now, whether or not you count them as Flashpoint, I don't know what the distinction is over there. We did have Flashpoint, but now it looks like the only thing they're running at the moment is the RMR event, which they're calling Flashpoint Season 3, I think. Yeah, like, not Season 3, just 3. I just Flashpoint Just 3, three. okay. So, yeah, so I, don't, what, I don't like that naming. I feel like it's confusing considering. Like, yeah, it's not a continuation. It's a it's a standalone thing, right? It has its own, own merit. I mean, it was done in the past with like ESL's uh, RMR. Striker pointed that out when we were talking. Um, in discord or something that's like true. iem cis uh, new york whatever that's very true but but i think if you can pick a pick a name obviously that was kind of a replacement for an event that already existed if you can pick a name you probably should not like conflate these two things because now you go on hltv you go like flashpoint season one season two and then season three and the related events yeah. has nothing to do with the uh, first two seasons uh so that's going to be kind of confusing I feel like this is a question right because like the way that I look at these these bigger events now like the blast league and the ESL EPT stuff they're like world leagues right like I know that there's still feeder qualifiers from Oceania and South America and yeah. Asia I know that there's feeder leagues but they're they're like they they look to me like global like that's where you want to compete like it's not like before back in the day obviously we we had bigger communities around the world when this wasn't as easy to do, right? It wasn't easy to have uh, a shitload of TOs spending millions of dollars a year to run events all over the place that they'd fly everybody around to 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 contend all the time, right? Do we like the idea that it's like that, or would you guys prefer it more like a like a League of Legends model where the North American guys stay over in North America? Like, uh, do do we think that it would be worse for the game? Or I better? think I mean it, it would definitely be worse for the North American teams. Be worse for the competition, yeah, I would yeah. say. I overall. agree. I agree. I think. Like as much as I'm actually kind of a league follower, but even though not not like the entire scene, just like every now and again, I kind of like to watch certain teams and stuff like that. It's just like the lack of mix mixture between the regions. Like it literally just happens twice a year, essentially. Like in the mid-season invitation and at the end of the year at the Worlds, and that's pretty much it. And it's just like you don't get to see the best teams. Like you don't get to 
know who the best team in the world is just because worlds, like you yeah. never see them see these teams face against each other they just think they're korean best korean and well, whatever asian teams are the best because that's been the case for the last seven years or whatever sure. so it, they're just like doing a lot of uh, um a lot of speculation on that while we actually get to see right so as much as i wouldn't mind having it the other way every now and again it's i would really not like to have the the, the entire season look that way yeah, yeah. So it's like with, with this right now, everybody's being in Europe a lot more because of the whole COVID situation as well. I kind of feel like we were heading in this direction anyway. That's kind of where I was was hoping to go with with that. I didn't quite make the connection in my brain until this moment, Prof. But do do you see that? Like, <laughs> what was the connection? I I lost like you there. The, the the fact that we're kind of doing everybody in Europe competing. We were always like in my mind. I felt like we were always going to go in this direction regardless of what was happening with covid and, and how everything's like i mean when we, we might still have lands, an im new york right but when we had lands this was essentially wasn't in europe but was was a all tournament over the world. wherever yeah and when we had some bases for like pro league and like face it uh whatever it was called ecs um but other than that everything was for everyone yeah essentially right so it, it's it's just a continuation of that with it being like you can't really travel that much and you can't have big land events so there's no point in traveling around the world it's not like you're racing on different racetracks like in formula one or something it, you're playing the same shit. so just base it in europe right it's i don't think it's a change it's just how cs has been like csgo has been almost forever the entire time right yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and that that's why like when I when I get the whole thing of oh you know so much time well you were spending time away from home anyway right like if you were one of these big teams going up any anyway, oh, with the, let's not fucking head back down that yeah. path let's start from that we're path. gonna do like hot hot takes or... yeah yeah let's do that so 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 far this year the biggest things that have happened is the majors been announced uh, six man rosters are a farce um, oh that's what do we want to talk about that is it officially dead are we saying six man rosters are dead I'll just say the comment that I said before the show. All of these teams are like six-man rosters are the future. Valve has to listen to us. Uh, this is going to be the future. And the first, like Valve says, okay, you can't use six-man rosters for these three tournaments this year, which are the two RMR events and the major. And everyone just says, yeah, fuck the six-man rosters. I'm just going to bench this guy or sell him or whatever. I'm not interested in this anymore. So if this was the future and it helped so much for to all the players, it made so much of a difference. Why the fuck do you not keep the player for all of these other events that you want to use? Maybe that guy yeah. are, or when some of your players get especially burnt out. when they all made like new graphics, like Blast have got like the sub in graphic and yeah. shit. Like HLTV can... made all of these changes for six man teams, and and now it's all gonna be useless. What are you saying that all of these developers use like five minutes of their time to add like a button there that it's like. That, that was for nothing. I'm joking. They they work very hard. Please don't don't get upset and uh, implement things I, I I want on the site. Please. This is please. this is a, a this is a classic catch twenty two scenario that we have here, right? Because let me let me make this. This is not a this is not a rant. I see the people they want to rant. This is just a mild a mild expression of my opinion um, in this catch twenty two scenario that we have going on here. <laughs> New things, right? Need to be tried in the world of Counter-Strike for us to know if they work. If nobody is willing to try the new thing, Valve, who I guess are our authority figure because they decide what format the game is going to be played at, they are the final decision makers at our majors, which is where the bar is set. If other events like 
ESL, uh, Star Ladder, Blast, Flashpoint, uh, the, the Relog guys. Uh, I could go on. If these if these companies just go to that bar and they don't try things about the six man roster or coaches talking in freeze time like DreamHack had for a while there, or we don't try new maps or we don't try new formats of the game, MR12. We don't look at new overtime adjustments to with, with money. Blasted that recently. That's good. Yeah. If companies don't do these things, where do you guys think that Valve are going to get the data to know if something is a good idea or not? Because as much as you guys like to think that Valve are this office full of these guys with these massive brains, I'm sure they're very smart. But unfortunately, guys, as far as I'm aware, we haven't invented time travel yet. And they can't go forward in time and see how their decisions are going to impact anything. And none of us sitting here in our hindsight 2020 perfect fucking goggles going, oh, why don't they do this? Or why haven't they done that? Or why did they make this decision? We have absolutely no idea of how anything's going to pan out, nor do they, nor does anybody in the whole entirety of the world, because this is the first time this shit is happening. So like with with this and the, the six-man roster, like Prof's saying, if teams don't try it or because Valve are like, no, we want to keep it the way it is, right, which is very Valve, right? then how are they ever going to see that it is a good change? If every other tournament we're using it, besides the Valve one, right? And, you know, okay, sure, for that one, we focus in, we get our five, we go with whoever we've got, then Valve eventually might come around to it. But how are they going to know it's good or not until they see it, right? And what did we do it for? What was it, about four or five months last year? If anything, like, I, I think, like, Valve, what they saw was Navi, Astralis, um, well, and Vitality, the, and Vitality. the three rich teams had six-man rosters, and everyone else didn't have six-man rosters, which essentially implies like, oh, only the teams that have more money can utilize this. we don't this. want that. Yeah, that is not what Valve essentially wants. So maybe if they went down that line and continued, and then uh, uh, more teams went on that six-man roster hype train, and then everyone had six-man rosters in the top 30 in the world, top 50 or whatever, then maybe Valve would be like, okay, this kind of makes sense. But this wasn't a very convincing uh, case for a short thinking. trial. Yeah, I have yeah. to I have to say that's my view on it as well. It's just, uh, I guess it was overhyped to a degree, just because legit we've only seen three teams out of the notable teams who actually got to try it in a reasonable way, right? And we can I also guess. say like Vitality only really pulled it off. Like it yeah. only really made a difference with Vitality. Yeah, exactly. Like. like that's the only team that that did it super consistently. Like if you think about Navi, they didn't even do it that much. Like they legit did it on one map. Then Astralis literally only did it when they didn't have two players available uh, consistently. Then Bubsky was out for most of, for the vast majority of their games, right? And pretty much every other map other than Nuke uh, towards the end of it. So it's pretty much just one team that actually gave it a fair shot and and huh. um, <laughs> uh, had a profit from it. Yeah. Um, so. It's just we just haven't seen it enough, right? Yeah. To to make any sort of any sort of uh, grand claims about how this is the future and stuff. I, I like the idea that we. I like the idea of the academy roster where they can nurture the talent and then just change a player like out or too, use yeah. them as a sub if they need to. I think that is the best way to go about it, and still something only for the richer clubs, right, or the richer teams. But I think that's the direction that hopefully it goes because I think that's a way to keep salaries reasonable, but to also keep good players coming through. Um, and hopefully keep a higher level of Counter-Strike. Now, let's do these hot takes. Then we'll do our parry match matchmaker. And then we'll fuck her off. Because obviously, as usual, we're running over There's time. also some news that's coming. No, we knew that. Meantime. We knew that Zephyr and Floppy were going. We fucking knew it. We already spoke about Fair it. Enough. They're both gone. Have fun in Valorant, boys. Avita Zen. All right. 
that's the time they get on this one. Um, one, one. One negative, big negative part from that is like Floppy used to like come in the chat very often. So we lost essentially one viewer. Uh, so okay. rest in peace, one viewer on our show. <laughs> Well, maybe horrible. he's still going to come. You don't know. You never know. Maybe he'll be a Counter Strike fan. Who knows? Uh, all right. Hot takes. Prof, you got anything? I might. Uh, I obvious Astralis uh, roster change in before before the summer break. All right. Pick a player or pick a bucket of players. An established player, uh, an up and comer, someone we've never heard of, someone from the talent Astralis talent roster. What are we thinking, Prof? All of that. I don't know. I think Esetai coming back makes sense. Okay. Uh, probably going to be available pretty soon. I also think like the Glaive thing, I hate speculating on like private life matters, but I feel like that could also happen. Uh, Come on, dude. How old is Glaive? 25. Let me. No, no, I you... don't think, I don't think like uh, permanently, maybe, maybe just oh, like temporary. But yeah. wasn't the pregnancy only just announced like a couple months ago? That is true. Now, I didn't it, pay much attention in school, but I'm pretty sure it takes nine <laughs> months in the oven. But it probably wasn't announced like the same day. That, <laughs> no, you normally, that this is the thing. You have started. to wait. You normally wait until, is it is Eight it after weeks. the first trimester well, or the second trimester? I don't know what the fucking terms mean. I've just seen them on, 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 uh, on, on rom-coms. Let me tell you that. Um, but it's definitely at some point, most people wait Glaive because is, of... Glaive is pregnant, they say in chat. <laughs> but some people <laughs> some people wait, right? Because they don't want to say... This is... I don't know. I've never... I, look, but some people wait until a certain point in the pregnancy before they tell people because of complications. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea how far along right. this is. But I, I get say, what you're saying. Like, his individual showings uh, were not that, that great. You reckon uh, that's because he's having a kid? No, no, but I maybe it's just that, like that's his focus pregnancy not, right there. Maybe his focus just isn't there. Uh, I don't know. Like, they could be something the baby room and shit. Like, look, <laughs> I know they've made a lot of money already, but I'm just going to say the guy lives in Denmark. And he's only 25 years of age. Yeah. And yeah, I read yeah. some dumb stat a couple of years ago that in America, and people are going to call me out for this. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not citing it, but I read some dumb stat that was saying it's like it costs a million dollars to get a kid. Maybe it was Australia. To get a kid from birth and to 18 years of age. Maybe probably must be in Australia. I was reading that article. So he's probably gonna need to win a couple more events just to get him through. Just a couple. Lucas is shaking Pretty his sure. head. Maybe Wait, he's got a couple safe investments. He only won four majors, Lucas. You know, when he wins six, I mean then he can on go. esports earnings, I think they're around a million dollars. Uh the Astralis guys, but from that's like money. minus seventy percent because and of Glaive, the but Glaive, Liquipedia says one point eight. Jesus fucking Christ. That's amazing. I mean, you have to realize they've won a lot of events apart from the majors, man. Okay. Yeah, that's true. They have won a lot. Of I mean, events. they fucking won Vincent Grand Slam. They only more than a million dollars. Yeah. Anyway, where are the hot takes? Oh, uh, do you think it's going to be S attack? So, yeah, it could be that, or maybe there will just like fumble something, or maybe there's going to be like a bigger change overall okay. with the team. But something is, is definitely what about an Astralis org change? Like the team that's, that's also possible. We've always yeah. heard, we've always sniffed around. There's always there's, like there's a always a talk stent. about that, like uh, signing new contracts, whatever uh, stuff is happening. So I don't know, maybe that could also be a thing that could also be in the back of these like back and forth between the team and uh, and the org if there's some bad True. blood there's, there's not like bad blood I, but but if you're negotiating a salary contract there's always going to be some back and forth and that's not going to be smooth because you're essentially on the other sides of the table yeah all right Shrek, you got any hot takes um 
I'm super like I have no idea where to go I'm with this. I'm thinking like a, a roster uh, a roster change, a map change after this next major. Oh, I like. I that. think it's too late for them to do it now. I yeah. would have said if they had done it like pretty much immediately after honest. the announcement, I would have expected it. Yeah, uh, it's never too late for Valve. I think you reckon? <laughs> I think like literally after this RMR, they could change. Okay, well that's. I that's think it's not going to happen now that the RMR. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you? Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. What are you speculating though? Because you have to think something's coming, right? And it has to be something that Valve have like at least kind of tested. That's I mean, why I would say it's, ancient. It's yeah. Could be. I, I'm not I saying it is going to happen, but it could have happened. I, I don't think it. Just because there isn't a map that's that good. I don't think Ancient, just because of the colors and everything, no, is going to fit into... I don't know. You you played it more, you tell me. I play a shitload of Ancient. I play way too much Ancient. Is it a good map? It needs a, it needs some heavy updates. So a few of the choke points are a bit tight. I so think perfect to, to get into the map pool, according to Valve, I think. Yeah, probably. Like <laughs> I think it needs a, a rework or two, but like I think that it has... The, the layout of the map has merit, um, but it, it definitely I mean, there's always the always cash that could be brought back. So yeah, I don't think cash. that's going to come just, back. I'm not saying I'm not saying that uh, that it's a good idea. You I think also Volvo don't like it, but are going to give money to a Valorant developer? There you go. Yeah, that that is true. Like, um, it's not even about that. I, I think cash at at the point that Counter Strike is right now, with the utility usage that people like the way they use utility i think it's just too small of a map and on city side it's so fucking annoying to play that i think it's just not it's not good for proceus there's cobble we keep talking about cobble have you guys played the current I, version of I, I the game? Think I've visually updated cobble it, looks so so, so it looks dated the, yeah you're yeah. right and it, the new version is trashed here like like it, the new version. You may, you know what? With with Counter Strike now, you may as well go back to the very first version and rework that one, the the CS:GO one, and rework that one to make it. Because the one that they've come up with now, it feels like they've just like neutered the map. The things were fun about the map they've taken away. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like map pools, I don't think there's going to be any other like big rule changes. Like I don't think like we've already seen what they've done with coaching this year. Um, I I don't know. I don't. What do we think? Yeah. What about like scandals. year long? Ooh. Not not even a scandal, but uh, like new top one player in the world. Is it possible this year? Yeah. Uh, do we, where do we think that is gonna gonna go? We talked about would have Zai. to drop off hugely, right? We talked about Zaiwu, like his stats for the first couple of months are the same as last year for the first couple of months. Yeah. So maybe we can't take too much from from that. Um, simple has been on simple level. I think there'll be like five CIS players in the top in the top twenty this year if we keep going at this rate. Probably at least, more. yeah, more. that was like a conservative. That's, five in that's the top like ten a... or the top twenty? What do you say? Oh, like right now, if we were to do it right now, it would make up at least five of the top ten. But yeah. like by end of the year, I don't know. That's why I was being a bit conservative by saying five in the top twenty. That's still a lot of players. Yeah. Do you think? But I mean, if we get, is... if we have four teams in the top ten, like if they're all gonna keep. That's true. Around this Maybe level, like five. they're gonna have more players in the top. Is there is there even a chance for Shiro to displace like Zaiwu and Simple this year? That's the, I think that's the question. Or not Shiro, but anyone else. It'd be either be Axel or Shiro. I mean, it'd have to be one of those two. It could be Yakinder. Yakinder. We know. Yeah. I mean, right now he's. Like I don't the think Yakinder can. Couple matches. I don't think Yakinder can. Like I just think be, being an, the nature of being a hard entry. He's never yeah. going to like. He'll have a game where he drops thirty-five and blows us all away. But then he's going to have that game, dude, with that rough timing. You know, where he only gets seven or eight, 
you know, and, and that's going to happen. Those games to be fair, like happen. Those things happen to him way less than any other entry. <laughs> so, yeah, but... but that's why that's why I said he's going to have the game where he drops 35 when most of, most of the entries are getting, what, fucking 22 or something. Like, he's he's a beast, but I don't know. That's not consistent. Like, I think it either is Shiro or Axile, but Axile would have to go... I don't know. Axile's fucking sick. Yeah. I, I don't think they would... I don't think Simple's getting... Well, he's been deeper in the last two years. I don't know if those two are going to get knocked off that perch, but it's still a long so, year, but right? Simple only got dethroned because somebody actually, somebody else was actually on his level that was like still very much world class, right? Legit, True. like top one elite level. So. True. All right. Um, what else we got here in terms of hot takes? Uh, major. Is like there any, angle. any controversies coming? Last year we had uh, stream sniping. Uh, uh coach, coach coach bug we've had the fbi involved this year i did say we're checking with that e6 stuff from oz maybe we do that next week yeah we um, still don't have like a official statement list right? or whatever is going yeah. on uh but it's moving in a good direction i'd say all right well we can wait till we get a couple more bits of info out of that um, I kind of uh, for some reason i know this is like super recency bias but in terms of teams i like og for like yeah a big rise I, I, the thing is, I think top five is going to be really hard to crack, just considering the names who are there at the moment. Yeah. But this OG is, for me, like I think that they're mainstay top ten contenders. I, I agree with you. Uh, even what you were saying earlier about like these two players seemed, uh, looking um, like fit for this team entirely. So it's just, I just like this change so much. All right, fuck it. If we got nothing else, let's jump into this uh, parry match situation, shall we? Yeah, let's do the playtime. Lucas, let's go. Hello, uh, there was a question about the tech pauses I just saw in chat. So let's talk about that. There was a lot of tech pauses at Blast, but let me just put it this way. Would you rather the two teams fix the issues and play so that everything's fair for everybody? Uh, yes. Now, if we're talking about the OG situation, was that against the G2 game? Oh, yeah, yeah. we didn't have that yeah, one yeah, in the yeah. list. All right, let's do the matchmaker, and then we'll do that final thing. Okay. Um, all right, what's the go with the matchmaker here today, boys? <laughs> it's uh, super dumb. Super dumb, that's my favorite kind. All right. Uh, I've got the link to have a look. All right. So for everybody <laughs> playing at home, this is one of our sponsors' segments on the show. And this is the Parry Match Matchmaker, where we have five options uh, and we have to tie them to a description. Now, here is the list. Solo this QCS. Is for you, obviously, Sponge. Oh, okay. Solo QCS, reading comments, RNG versus Titan VOD, Danger Zone, Banana Bread. Okay, it is tailored to me. Never mind. Uh, addicted to, avoid. Once a week, once a day, caution advised. Oh shit. There it goes. Um oh. where so are we starting? If we start with solo queue, at the moment I'm doing it once a day. So that one definitely fits. Like okay. as a as quite a, the, the I don't have the clicker. Look, do I have it? Oh, he sent it there. All right, sorry, dude. I'm blind. Uh solo queue. Once a day. I'm doing that once a day. Uh, reading comments like this, is like online on Twitter, Reddit, and stuff I, like that. I want to say I like you should avoid it, but but I I'm addicted to it. But caution is advised. So okay, it's you can click multiple. I, I think. I, I, all right. Well, there we go. Uh, <laughs> it fits all those bills. 
the RNG versus Titan pod. You know what I show people, right? Like who don't know what I do. I show people that video Maku made of like the, oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. road to Katowice, right? Where I'm yeah. yelling like a fucking clown. That one right there, definitely not once a week, once a day, anything like that. And I'm not addicted to it, but I, let's go once a day. Surely it's a reference in my life once a day. Um, Danger Zone. Ooh. I've got a bit of a, I haven't been playing a lot of Danger Zone at the moment. So let's, let's go with once a week. And then banana bread. I think I'm starting to put on some weight. So we'll avoid the banana bread for now um but that's that that's how we got there. i just i just bought like all the ingredients to make one that i was going to do it today but like because of the show i would have to do it now what are the ingredients like bananas flour sugar. yeah i forget i made yeah, there's like it, a made vanilla, a there's like a vanilla thing and um okay yeah vanilla like, essence yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah all right well this was this was quite personalized wasn't it, it looks like a strand of dna going on there as well um, all right, so let's let's quickly talk about this blast situation that happened with the the OG versus G two game. Does anybody have like a clear synopsis of it, or should I do a bad job of it? I, I don't I don't know exactly what what happens. Okay, I'm gonna do a bad job of it, Go then, ahead. and someone can correct me in chat. Um, so as far as I'm aware, uh, what happened in the game was there was Jax uh, disconnected from the game whether he timed out whether his pc crashed whatever i just know that he disconnected i don't know what happened exactly and it was a really important round that round was probably worth like two or three rounds really it was a swing round in the game and it was like i think it was like the round with was it the round with the close mid stack either way jacks dropped they typed it before any damage was done the round they played on which is what i i think i've preached multiple times you know saying play the whistle like until the till the admin calls it they they the round played out then i think we had like a 50 minute pause where they were trying to work out how to how to fix the situation now to me it would have been okay so the round played out like they called stop the game wasn't stopped it but we can clearly see going back and watching the demo or watching the vod that he timed out before no damage was done if that's the rule to me it should have been okay yeah guys look that was the round but we are going to replay it because this is by the, the rule black and white three minutes bang back in the server ad break done instead it did that isn't what happened and i think this statement came out from blast saying that they you know that in the future they're going to try and make these decisions as quick as possible i think that's pretty much the gist of the story right there i don't think there's too much else to it but i think the yeah. fact that it took 50 minutes is is the part that I, is the problem i mean there had to have been something contentious that, there just they, something that that had to be contended yeah they said that they talked to like both teams to get their like side of the how everything went right so all of the details were correct so they knew like when the pause was called or whatever uh but it's this is just something that you can see in a demo though yeah yeah like, like the typing in chat like as soon as dot stop was called right like I, because every system every company has their own system like it's either a dot or an exclamation point or you use the fucking drop down menu like yeah. everybody has their own so as a player like if you forget yeah it's probably up to the coach to know in that situation on how to deal with those scenarios but like I said, playing if if the the game wasn't stopped by the other team, because I think it happened at like one minute ten, like it's pretty mid to mid rounds, right? To be honest, but, like oh, isn't yeah. there also that like uh, that the um, the other rule about the time uh, time as well? And some at least in ESL, I think there's like un unless it happens post like one minute or something like that. I'm trying to remember I, what the exact ruling is. I actually didn't check this situation entirely, like so I don't know what exactly happened. But I, I mean, in general, in these situations, like as long as you have a rule book. Like like you say, like if it's black and white, 
whether it's by time or whether it's by damage, like you just look at what actually happened and you act accordingly, right? It shouldn't be, it's, there shouldn't be anything contentious there as long as that's the, that's in the rule book, right? You shouldn't even include the teams there just because that creates drama, right? That just creates opinions and you don't want to do that. You just want to deal with things pretty much by the book in a lot of these cases, just yeah. to avoid things like Fury I might be, was it Fury I might be here? Yeah, was, yeah, right? might be, oh, yeah, yeah, that was that a happened, problem with that, that happened one. a while back. Like, it's legitimately the same exact argument. Like, you don't want to include the, the teams in a lot of these cases unless the other team just goes, yeah, okay, just get them to replay. We did one damage, like, that didn't make any difference, right? Just give them the replay, whatever, we don't care. Yeah. Then, yeah, okay, fine, just do the do the replay. Yeah. Um, but, like, unless they step up themselves and, like, are, are okay with giving the other team the, what oh, whatever, the advantage, then it doesn't matter. Then you should I, just go by the book. I think, yeah, I think for for from a viewer standpoint, uh, they took too long to make the decision, and even for the team standpoint. And I think with what you're saying there, you muddy the water in terms of now people are going to be invested. They're like, you know, if the admin just comes in by the rule book, this is the decision that's being made. If you want to appeal it, you can appeal it after the game or whatever, but let's get back on with things because this isn't one of those scenarios. Like in the past where the match medic hasn't had to work and you've had to fucking sit there and, you know, redo all the kills and deaths and who had what nades and who killed who. I mean, it's not that bullshit. It's just too many cooks, right? And and unfortunately, this is this is kind of what happens when we treat everybody like mates and we don't have that authority figure who's who's strong enough. But Blast normally don't make the same mistake more than once, you know. So I assume that this will be fixed going forward. Um, yeah. And um, you know, it's it's done now. It sucks because OG were looking good, but it was their breakout event. And if you lose in that way, I um, think it's probably easier to shrug it off because of that, right? Like that's that's kind of they looked pretty. They look tilted. Down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After the game. Uh, but yeah, you can't allow these things to, to get into your head. I always remember the, the story of the infamous video of Efrag's check burning, if you remember that. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with it, but no. you know the Bulgarian uh, Efrag team. Yeah. Uh, Victor Bubble and those guys, they were playing like a, I think it's ESL South European Championship and was. Uh, I don't know which country it was. It wasn't in Bulgaria, but Bulgarians were, were running the event. Uh, and essentially, they, there was some like decision in the final that didn't go their way about like a crash or something. They were like so upset, and they finished second. And uh, essentially, they were like, "This is bullshit. The admins are against us, even though the admins are Bulga Bulgarians and the other teams like Hungarians or something." And uh, yeah, they were upset, and they they were leaving the event, and then they stopped somewhere on the on the side of like a highway, and uh, they started burning the check. And there's a YouTube video of this. I don't think it's on on YouTube burning anymore. Burning a check, like they the, have the like big the, thing, the, the big, big board. Yeah, thing okay. Get, like, the check, and they're yeah. trying to burn it, but it doesn't really work uh, because like it's super thick and it doesn't burn. And then yeah. then they start like jumping on it, and and it's, it's just like one of these things when you get I've tilted. This. this is like a very uh, popular thing amongst me and everyone that's my friend I okay think. i literally right. showed it probably to my mom because it's so fucking funny it's literally uh, the, the fact that they can't burn the check they attempt to but it just won't burn and then they just like start adds to start, the like, humor yeah so okay. like kicking it and oh, shit can we just play this to in this man this is so funny I just I, it's probably it. is, is it there yeah i found it this is essentially like you can't allow this all right. to happen to you. All right, you, what we'll do is we'll play this out when we close down the show. Lucas, are you able to do that? <laughs> That's a yes. That's a begrudging yes, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll play this out when we close it down. I think we're there, boys. We got anything else we want to talk about? I didn't check the viewer questions. I'm sorry. 
Was there anything good? Uh, nothing like super, super interesting. I have, and we went super long, so yeah, it's long one today. That's all right. Shows we got a lot to talk about. All right. Well, fuck it. Let's close it down. Um, I don't think we have a show next week, right, Lucas? You're busy. Yes, I am busy for actually two weeks, but I don't think I said that. Only next. Okay. Week. So we don't have a show next week. Next and week, what are we having? Dust two DK, uh, amazing TV televised finals of El the best Danish league game. Yes, there um, we go. Okay, well that's exciting. So everybody tune in for that. Um, are we, but we're not back the next week, other other Lucas, or are we? We we might be, we might not be. All right. Well, our future's up in the air, everybody's, and I hope that yours is. And now remember, head over to anchor.fm/hltv for all the audio only options. We'll let you know when the next show is at hltv confirmed on Twitter uh yeah you can find out all that good stuff all the information that you need to know we'll keep you up to date um thank you again to extrify and parry match for supporting the show and to sign on out lucas is going to play you the uh ceremonious check burning uh i believe it is so enjoy and good night i'll, I'll play it at the end That's, this is uh, the end no no after all the ads oh you're gonna have to hang around then guys i'm sorry that you're being honey dick by this but i hope that you enjoy it <laughs> goodbye Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4, their fourth generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 bungee, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify, no regrets, Guaranteed. I'm in the house. And sector clear. But there is the window. Hate this patch. I'll take the fire through the pillar. Whatever. Play with Parry Match. Parry Match. Your esports teammate.